Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Let's just say... All the best moments in your life. Mm-hmm. If you could have one song drop when something big happened in your life, it just makes you feel like, like I'm him. What gives you that him energy? The him energy. Hemorrhage, hemorrhage, if you will. The hemorrhage. I'm about to go out uh-huh. on a town. Yeah. And I got my fly shit on. Yep. You ever heard of Johnny Camp? No. Johnny Camp. He has, this is 80s. He has a song. Oh, shit. Okay. He has a song. It's called uh, it's Johnny Camp Just Got Paid. Just got paid. Okay. It's All right. Okay. So, so you and me and me and you're in the line waiting to get in the club. Yeah. It's been it's been like ten minutes. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you make eye contact with the with the bartender with the bouncer. He goes, Yeah. Friend? Or or I'm walking in. We oh. walking in the club. Oh, you don't even wait in the line. I don't, I don't wait in the line. But uh, but the oh so you are you already know you're like so I'm like oh man okay so here's the scenario yeah. I go, damn man just put up the lines long as shit man yeah. we're gonna be out here for hours you go yeah no 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 I know the guy yeah and then you walk straight up and you dap him up or whatever. Yeah. And then he opens the door up slowly and fog comes out. Yeah. And then and you walk in slow motion to slow fog. Slow mo, yeah. I, I'm behind you over your shoulder like, like damn. Mr. Mr. Shit in here. Everybody's like, friend, hey, friend. Good to see you, friend. The usual, the bartender's like, friends in the, yeah. the DJ's like, hey, friends in the building. Oh, no, okay, no, this is no, okay. No, okay, no. Yeah. You come, you dance with a girl for real quick for a quick second. You walk, it's like, ah, oh, that's enough. Yeah, that's right. enough. I gotta, Let's go. I, gotta, I gotta work my rounds. Yeah, we gotta get to my section. Yeah, I'm like a section. That's my shit, man. No, okay, that's this good. Is, okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Just okay. got paid. Boom, uh, Friday night. Another, another scenario. I could do this all day. All right. all right. You walk into a grocery store. Yes. So we go in. We go in. I'm and again. I'm in every scenario. I'm with you over your show. Yeah. So I go. I'm like, damn, friend. I know you were super excited about getting the golden grams. Yeah. But there's no more in the shelf. You it's go. No, more no, no, it's cool. Yeah. I know the shelving people. Like blow a whistle Yeah Do a snap They come out The golden yeah. grams Are just like On a special pallet Just yeah. for you yeah. It says golden frans For some reason Ooh. Like you have your own Special box yeah. But you don't even give it You're like yeah. This is the usual treatment yeah, I get lights, flat, lasers, I'm like whatever. oh my god What how This is crazy Like your usual sir Here you go yeah. You just like So okay No this is not This is a vibe This is a vibe <laughs> That's see that is that's good. I fuck yeah. with that. No, that's a good one. <laughs> mine, mine is like this, right? It's like uh, this is mine, sir. I know you're really concerned, but um, I'm really happy to say that the uh, test results are negative. La la yeah. la la, wait till la, I get my money right. I'm walking out of that clinic happy. You can't tell me anything, friend. You can't tell me nothing, friend. It's a wrap. That's my one. Man, that's a. You can't. You literally. You can't tell me nothing when that song comes on. Obvious. We got a problem here. And it's more than just Alvin Dream and Punisher. When life 
begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got two friends who you won't forget. Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival. Nothing non-stop, case drops on a cycle. Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone. How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up. Lies being told, like that dinosaur BS. Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us. Having the time, roasting your favorite pizza. Bougie ain't an option, it's the way. Take it to the grave, add poop into the place. You already know when they take the case. Laugh the pain away, it's affirmative murder. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the equal opportunity true crime comedy podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post on. What up? Fran, how you doing, my guy? I'm doing well, man. Um, I'm surviving in this, this, uh, I'm telling you, man, look. <laughs> Get into it. I, we talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm telling you, man. I, the earth. I thought you were going to have some takes on this. The earth fluctuating. Well, I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on, man. Snowstorm in California. It snowed yesterday. But here, it should. It should be snowing here. It's been like 70. That's my point. Yeah. It's that's crazy. <laughs> but man. it was a snowstorm in Southern California that like shut the shut the did city it? down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he? Did he? Uh, They're yeah, not prepared the, for that. Okay. About it's to, like Atlanta. Procedures. No, nah, like, it's like Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta, they got like an inch of snow, and the like whole in Texas, it was like a state of over. Mm-hmm, it's the same thing. No, listen. I, I think I'm right. You you've been on a hot streak lately. I was gonna uh, talk. I had to I had to bring this up because yeah. uh, I guess I disrespected roller skating last week when you said you went roller skating, mm-hmm. and people came out of the woodworks. I love roller skating. It's not weird to have your own roller skates personally. And you walked off the ledge at the last minute, yeah, I did. so I got all the flack. Nobody oh. was saying, "Hey, Alvin and Fran." It was all like, "Alvin, oh. here's a picture of my skates." As it should. Hey, Alvin, I'm in a roller derby league. Yeah. Hey, Alvin. Roller skates aren't weird, and you should shut the fuck up before I fight you. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I'm sorry. I did not know that there, we had such a strong roller skating community. Right? I agree with them, 100%. Yeah, well, you don't own... I think sk- you were wrong. Wow, you just continue to double down on the flip yeah, on me like this. Wrong. Okay, so you, well, we'll move on, because I don't want any more aggression from the skaters out there. Um, but two things happened last episode. That and the introduction of my, now my new favorite thing, affirmative murder. Affirmative bird. Affirmative yeah. bird is taking off like wildfire. People are tagging us in pictures of them taking pictures of bird. People yeah, have man. mentioned sending us bird. Um, I, I was t- informed about a bird app that you can download that tells you about bird sounds and naming oh, the shit. birds and stuff. I didn't see that. There's all kind of new stuff out there. People, we, we've unlocked, we've tapped into the bird community and the birding community and given them a home, which yeah. is affirmative birder. I love and it. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, mer- merch coming soon on that one. We got to get some affirmative, affirmative birder do. shirts for we sure. Do. It has to be a hawk on the front of it. A hawk? Yes. Okay, we'll make sure it's a hawk Love specifically. Um, a lot of stuff going on in the world. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll keep, we, you know, we want to start off with some light jokes and stuff like that before we got into a quick, it's nothing really serious to talk about because it happened, life happens and it's tragic, but, you know, it's been, it's, it's been 11 years uh, to the day that we're recording. Uh, it's been 11 years since Trayvon Martin was murdered in Florida. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk to you, friend, because about, um, if you can reflect and, and like, if you remember the time and the feeling around that as like, we were Trevor Martin would be 28 years old this year. Yeah. We were 20. He was 17. 11 years ago would have been like 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, like no, hearing the story about a kid going to the store to get some candy as we, And I can't really stress to the people this enough. Like uh, Fran was, my only friend in a, in a, at a point, well, you know, I had school friends and stuff, but like I had moved around a lot. And mm-hmm. so I would come to Fran's house 
And that's what we would do. I'll go to Fran's house and it's like, I'm here. I'm my mom, his dad, let me stay over his house for the weekend. Yeah. And we would just go explore. Yeah. Go to the store, go to 7 Eleven, yeah, get man. some candy, walk around. We're out at night, the street lights are on. We're just living life and stuff. And the idea, now at this point, we're 20 when this happens, but like we had lived that life yes. and had no consequences for it, you know? And to find out that there was some kid who went to the store, some dude didn't like how he looked in the neighborhood, his hood was up, whatever the explanation was, the idea that somebody could go, I don't, you don't belong here. And I'm not the police, but I'm going to take it upon myself to stalk you. And when you go, hey, man, what the fuck are you following me for? As anybody should. Yeah. Like, why are you following me around? Reacted, and it turned into a fight. And then this, this kid, because that's what he was, you know, this kid is murdered by this grown man. And as, you know, I, we talked about this off air, but, like, I remember uh, the mall, we, we were mall rats. Mm -hmm. And I remember this was long, not long before, but a few years before Trayvon Martin. Yeah. They started having, like, hood policies in malls. So if you walked around the mall with your hood up, you know, they would tell you to take your hood down or they could kick you out of the mall. Yeah. So this idea that having a hood up uh, when you're a black kid is this, uh, it's this threat or this, it makes you ominous. You know, when I live off the campus of, a, like, a Christian private college, and all these kids are walking around with their hood up. And I'm not saying that they should be. I'm just saying, like, it's just crazy what the interpretation and the presumption of black skin can do to somebody. Yeah. Where they go, well, he's got his hood up, thug. Yeah. You know, but somebody else, a kid is hood up in a different environment, probably lacrosse team. You could, you could not even think twice about it. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, like, going back to that time, reflecting on it now as a parent, like, then now, Trayvon Martin, go. Yeah, so before, um, before the Trayvon Martin incident incident happened, you know, we used to like walk around. I, we've never had an issue where it was like we walk around to the store and it was like we felt something. You know, we saw something. Oh, where somebody was following us. Yeah, like I just or feeling like you're not welcome somewhere. Yeah, welcome somewhere. It's just like you hearing the in, what happened to him. You go like. I don't even know how I react if I'm walking to the store, minding my business, mm -hmm. and, and a car some, is following you. And somebody's behind me, following me for like no no reason at all. So, yeah. and but like you said, we've done that, never had those type of issues. But after that happened, and then not being able to walk in malls because like you have your hood on because we're black, yeah, and it makes us it gives and I it, it it gives people this image of like oh yeah we're a thug or we're gonna do something bad. Mm -hmm. I still don't wear my hood in stores now. I I don't know if if it's a direct connection cause to yeah. what happened or it's just like you you it's, it's the just, the racism has internalized in you to probably, where you go. I don't want to look like a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's yeah. like I'll just I'll just take my hood off. This only because I I don't again. I think even I don't want you any said problems. this before. I don't want no problems. But I was thinking about this the other day that black people is exhausting of all these different scenarios that we have to like think about think about and, and all these different mm -hmm. uh personas personas or like you know um what's the word i'm looking for all these different um personalities personalities yeah. that we have to like try to you know make other people feel make other people make other people feel comfortable and switch and change like that shit is exhausting mm -hmm. and then like being that way going to the store um you just want to get some eggs i want to get some eggs i got my hood up. i'm gonna take my hood off or it's like i'm walking in you know i'm a I'm head I'm security just, guard. i'm gonna get something because I don't want to just walk out of here because, like, I don't want them to have the idea of, like, he oh, he stole I, something. I may have stole something. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, buy well, something if I need to spend want. a dollar, just get a gum, get some gum. Just I'll just do it, man. Because, mm -hmm. like, after that whole thing happened, a white guy, was he white? 
Or was he? Oh, um, George Zimmerman? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, adjacent. Yeah, whatever. whatever but, like, still, like, being a kid and mm-hmm. you going to the store. I, there's been times where I walked by myself mm-hmm. and never thought of, like, something like that could ever happen to me. Yeah. And that's just, that's terrifying. But then as an, a parent now, and I see these kids out here running around by themselves a lot, and I go, I don't know if I'm comfortable with my kids just running around. Yeah. No adults. Come back in. when the street lights. All I that just, shit is. The world today, no. that's done. No. It's just, uh, we've seen too much access and people are praying on your kids and sending the messages. And so the idea that you would not have eyes on your kid for eight hours and, and you know they're not in school, they're just out in the world. I don't know. A bike. Just give them a bike and just tell them, you know, yeah. when I think about 14, 15 and you calling me and telling me where you were and doing stuff and vice versa and just like, oh, I'm over here. I'm over at this person's house. Took my bike over here. Rode the bike eight miles in a whole different neighborhood. Yeah. We're not even, never even been to this neighborhood before. tunnel and all kinds of shit. It's like, <laughs> I, would, I would go, I would tell my kids, no. Yeah. No. But it's like, again, dad, I'm going outside and that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay, be back when you're supposed to be back. And yeah. That was, and that was it. There was, I didn't have no cell phone. Mm-hmm. It was just like, all right, well, I see. You know, you know the time you're supposed to you be back. But it's like, it's like now. But I look at, it, I go like, how did my dad even like? Didn't like drive himself crazy, yeah. like not know where I'm at. Didn't hear from me for six, yeah. eight hours all day. Yeah, that's it's that's crazy, man. But the, the world was different, so I don't yeah. think he had the fears yeah. that you might that's have true. now. And that's then true. even like, I mean, I, I mean, my mom, my mom carried herself so differently after two incidences. It was the Trayvon Martin incident. And I'm. A, I'm older at this point, yeah. but she still, it was, it, it became a lot more of call me when you get yeah, there. Yeah, was the same way. It, you know, it yeah, became yeah. more of that. And yeah. then I remember we went to go see Fruitvale Station, which was the story of Oscar Grant, who was a guy in Oakland who got killed by some police at a BART train station. And I never, I never thought about the perspective until this moment of like, I was, I can't remember when that movie came out, but let's say, we, uh, let's say I was 24, 23. It was Michael B. Jordan. And they play the whole, it's a, bio, it's a biopic or bio, biopic. I don't know. Some people say I say that word wrong. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Uh, it, it was a biographical film or whatever. And so they show you the, his life and then how he got killed. And they show his body and his mom going to identify his body. And, all stuff. and my mom weeped. You know what I mean? Because who can, you can't relate any more directly than that. Yeah. Your only child is on yeah. a slab, dead, killed by the police. And so seeing like, Oh, when we went to Pittsburgh and took the car and, you know, didn't tell her and she finds out I'm in another state four hours away from home. It's different than it's not it's not boy meets world when it's us. It's not just like, oh, you bad, you crazy kids. Like when you get home, you're grounded. It's like, no, I'm concerned that you might not come home. Yeah. And I'm sure every parent has that. That's not what I'm here to say. I'm not saying that every parent doesn't fear that their child won't come won't come home. But I just don't think the Trayvon Martin story resonated with people the same way that it right. could with a black woman. Yeah, I agree with that. You know? Yeah. So the the world was different to my mom after she saw something like that. And as an I've gotten older, I now see some of the stuff that I did, why it wasn't leave it to beaver, hijinks, silly, whatever the fuck. You know, if I call my mom, I can't call my mom and go, hey, mom, I just got pulled over by the police. I'll call you back. That 10 minutes, 20 minutes between... What do you mean you just got pulled over by the police and you just hung up the phone on me? Yeah. That's not like, oh, man, what did he do now? It's like, is he okay? Like, I need to call me back as soon as the traffic stop is over so I know you're safe, you know? And I think about all the, again, (laughs) 
in our minds, it was silly hijinks. We wanted to go see a concert. But oh, it was irresponsible. It was irresponsible. Upon reflection of the life of Trayvon Martin, I just feel yeah, so man. sorry that he didn't just get to be a silly kid one night and go on a walk and call us, talk to his Sad. girlfriend or whatever he was doing. Whatever he was doing, he didn't just get to be a silly kid and go to the store and get some snacks and, and, and you know, when he had the house to himself for the night. I think yeah. his parents were out. You know what I mean? Like I, I, It still sucks to me. Like It still hits home where it's like we won't, I don't think we still would know the full no, I mean, there's no video. They kind of just put it together about, you know, a, a fight broke out of some kind and, and this fucking pig had a gun on him. Who's out, by the way? Who's out? Oh, out and has done, has been nothing but a disgusting person in the world since this incident. Has signed, gone to NRA events and signed bags of Skittles. Uh, there was rumors that he sold the gun that he killed Trayvon Martin. Did with. he? That, I can't confirm that, but there were rumors that like a private seller, a private buyer bought that gun from George Zimmerman. You know what I mean? So he's been nothing but a disgusting piece of shit since this happened. So that tells me nothing, but he was probably a disgusting piece of shit when he followed this kid in his neighborhood. This wasn't some uh, concerned citizen who just was doing the right thing. This was a guy who stalked a kid. And when he started getting his ass beat by a kid, allegedly, he shot this kid. You know, we can only assume that's what happened because that's the that's all we're going to get. Is that there was a fight, he was losing the fight, and so he felt like he was going to die at the hands of a 17-year-old boy with his, with his bare hands, and he shot this kid. And so, you know... I was going to get that one stored, that one side. That's all, that's all we're ever going to get. But again, just based mm-hmm. off of his actions and how I've seen him move since this has happened over the last 11 years, he's been nothing but a, a disgusting piece of shit. And so I can only assume he was always a disgusting piece of shit. And so he's a disgusting piece of shit who killed a kid. And as a parent, I'm, I'm also interested. Like, you have kids. They're young kids, obviously. But, like, because we had discussions about you and, you know, you, you know, you and your wife, different cultures and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you having discussions about, like, listen, the, world, the world's going to see these kids as black. Yeah. So, like, does that keep you up at night? Like, I mean, like, do, do you how – how do stories like this hit you now as a parent? Like, what do they – do they make you think about having conversations early or, like – does it make you think about how you want to parent and go about the angles yeah, you want to take? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But it's like by them being so young, it's like you can't. It's too early. It's yeah. too early, so you can't. Sometimes I may, um, some may come up and I may try to explain to Sophie mm-hmm. kind of a little bit, but she won't fully understand until she's older or until she's older, and I'm able to get it, get to it before something happens, or she sees it. She goes through it, and then it's like, okay, this is. This is what you need to. This is what you need to know. This is yeah. what I've been through, and mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be for somebody with your skin color. And mm-hmm. that's just that's just going to be it. I yeah, mean, it's like because like people by her skin color, by her and Max skin color, people won't see them as Latino, half Latino, half mm-hmm. black. It's just no, they're they're black. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, it does keep me up at night. It's terrifying to be like that. They it make it worse. Yeah. What times are now, and as they get older, it make it worse. But. I'll try to do my best to like be there mm-hmm. and like try to guide them through and let them know early because they're going to go through it. They're going to be in some classes with kids that just don't know any better, but they mm-hmm. hear and see stuff from their parents that are pieces of shit and yeah. they bring it to school and say crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'll try to do my best to like try to guide them and what's the best thing to do and like, you know, who to talk to when something like that happens. But you really only learn by, you going through it. Yeah. 
All you can do is prepare them. You can't yeah, exactly. show them it. Exactly. So yeah. it's like that's the term that's the terrifying part of like them had to deal with it and see how they react. And then where it's like you get older and this was anything. Because yeah. you get older, you go like, Oh, this is the reality of whatever situation yeah. that I'm gonna have to deal with for the rest of my life. Yeah, and it's like and that's scary. It's the the as as a person without a without a kid as a you know a childless guy like yeah. it the only things I think about is like you always want your kid's life to be better than your life was as a kid yeah. so like my I didn't have a hard life by any means but with that being said I want my kid's life to be even less hard than mine was right and if you set your kid up it's the Carlton Banks effect right it's mm-hmm. like you set your kid up to be, and and I and I think you should I think you should I think you should. Uh, you you as a parent you have to make sure your kids know how the world is but you want you don't never want to make your kids feel like there's a ceiling on what they can do in life yeah i think that's a i'm very anti-victim mentality Mm -hmm. but i'm also a realist and there's real world issues and i would never tell my kid like well you can't be president one day i mean you're black i mean the the odds of you being president are astronomically low i would never say that to my kid but at the same time I need them to know how the world is and like you might be looked at differently because of the color of your skin but i don't want you to think that you can't do something like a goal in life because of yeah. the color of your skin. But at the same time, if you, if you instill that in your child and if they are unfortunate enough to learn that in the real world, it could be hard for some people to bounce back from something like that. Yeah. When you go, Oh shit, wait, what? I'm not, I'm not like the rich. I'm just, I thought I was just a rich kid that went to a prep school and plays tennis and whatever, whatever dreams you have when I don't have kids. Yeah, so, you know, you just dream of like whatever the yeah. best, I want my kids to have the best. Right. But then it, when that hits, that reality hits of like, Oh, you are not Chad. Yeah. Like you and him can ride around in the car and he can have weed in his car and not get pulled over. But also your your environment plays a big part of it because like, you know, we grew up, I guess, you guys you could say middle class type mm-hmm. of cause like Yeah, I'll say so. I've never had as young, I've never had an incident where it was like I felt, you know, race was a was I just never like had a hindrance those, yeah, and held I you back. Had, and so, I never yeah. had those type of until I mean I was called the N-word for the first time, me hearing it like yeah. five years ago. So yeah. it's like I never before that I never even if I went, even if in your I, youth you exactly, didn't experience exactly. it. Even if I was in a uh, situation where that happened, where race racism was going on, I wouldn't be able to catch it because I yeah. just I never had to deal with it. Your, so it was like, your ears weren't open to it. I wouldn't. I, I would wouldn't, say same. Right. So it's like it's hard to teach that to kids. Teach that to my kids now because like you go like they might like, not they, see it. Yeah, they might not see it. They might not until they're grown. It's, right. But it's like yeah. if you grew up in a different like poverty type of. You know, oh, environment yeah, yeah. was like where it's like, oh, why do they get to have this and I don't? Then that yeah. that's a whole different mm-hmm. that's a whole different you know conversation you need to have. But yeah. in my youth, I never had to deal with somebody being mean because like I'm black or something. Yeah. I just never had to deal with that. Yeah, somebody telling you like, yeah, oh, you know, you may get pulled over for whatever. You setting your kid up to be paranoid. Exactly. Yeah. Or they go like, or they may go like, oh, I don't. Yeah. What? No. That's false. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Until I, that's not ha- my experience. Right. Until yeah. it actually happens and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. I see. I see how, where we at now as far as like us being black yeah. in America. I see how things So just, so, you, so you're saying just kind of set them up, prepare them and then hope for the best. Hope they never experience it. Because yeah, that would be great. I, I, I would love a I would love if your kids never learned that lesson. Yeah. But just, you just set them up, let them know it's a positive. The world is like this. It's a little bit different. You might have a, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know. I don't want them to ever learn that lesson because I feel like they. Then you're going to just walk through life just oblivious and like not paying attention to certain things. Yeah. I think you need to being black. You need to be aware of those type of things mm-hmm. growing up, especially if you're getting taken advantage of. Yeah, people getting talking to you a certain way. You don't even know. You don't even know. Playing, playing in your face. Exactly. It's yeah, like yeah. I think of it as like um, on a job training. It's like yeah. 
you just learn you in life you just learn as you go. Yeah. And when you go through you gotta cross that, you know, bridge at one time, you go mm-hmm. like, okay, now I know how to handle this the next time I go through it. Or I'm I'm prepared for it the next time I have to deal with it. Yeah. Or I can catch it. Or I can say something mm-hmm. to somebody who's being rude or whatever. Yeah. I want them to know that because I don't want them to just be walking around like, oh, well, he's dumb. I wonder he why this him. person got it and I didn't. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. no, I want them to. I want them to be able to. Because also, by because Sophie is she's really shy, and I mm-hmm. think she got that from me and her mom. So it's like she's super shy. Mm-hmm. Max is not like that, but I want her to be. I want her to speak up when something is. Yeah, something's something not is, right. When something's not right. Yeah, so that's. I'm kind of we kind of teaching her that now. Mm-hmm. I think Max is already going to be that way. I guess you can kind of already tell that. Yeah, yeah. But Sophie is like, I want her to, for these situations, I want her to be able to speak uh-huh. her mind, especially as a black female. I want yeah. her to be able to speak, speak confidently. Her mind. Exactly. And don't let people take walk exactly. all over you. Yeah. Because that's one thing when you, that part you're about turning the ears on when you said about us being young. Yeah. It's it's that part is really important. Yeah. Because. I've had people try to play in my face before. Yeah. And if you don't know people are playing in your face and they're, and then they go and they snigger, sniggle and giggle to their friends like, oh, yeah, I asked him uh, if he had, how many Jordans he has. Yeah. If I don't know that, you might just go, well, I do have a, I got a couple pairs of Jordans yeah. at home. Like, oh, uh, I got a couple pairs of Jordans. But if you don't know why that's happening, right. you're being, people are playing in your face. Yep. And nobody's ever gonna play. Nobody's ever gonna play in my face. And no. if I have kids, nobody's ever gonna play in my, no. my kids' face. You know, I'm not gonna let anybody be uh, treating my kid like they're dumb and they don't get their jokes. Yeah. And that's like, that's the world we live in now. Like, I'm not concerned about Max or Sophia being like an egg being thrown. You know what I mean? Like, or being them being like chastised by some yeah, racist. Yeah. But it's those little microaggressions that the world is today. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like those little like, ooh, you're tan. Or like little, little, just subtle, just subtle yeah, yeah, yeah. little things that yeah. make you go, oh, that felt they make you feel weird. Exactly. Oh, you uh, you will feel you will, you will feel know. it. You'll feel it. And but if your ears aren't on, you just you'll get the feeling, but not be able to name it. Exactly. Like what? Yeah, that felt exactly. backhanded or like yeah. if why was that like that? And yeah. then you'll think it's you. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to like p- prepare a child because that feeling is going to come no matter what. Yeah. When they go, oh okay, yeah, I bet you listen to a lot of Kanye West or like, oh yeah. you listen to. Chicago drill music I bet you're like Oh I don't really know What that is But like Sure you don't yeah. You go huh Yeah Well why do they think I listen to that music Yeah that's know. why That's why I don't You want them to go th- It sucks to say But like you want them To go through something like that You want them to deal with that Because yeah. then they'll They'll learn and they'll know mm-hmm. If you're just teaching them And go like You know just Because you, you can't know. even tell them What to look for It's like it's so exactly. You can't even put a You can't even put a face To this shit nothing, sometimes nothing, Like nothing. sometimes Somebody's gonna come up to you And tell you You look like somebody That you don't look like at all exactly. And yeah. you, you just kind of you gonna you gonna get some crazy shit where you go. Well, <laughs> but being young, maybe I've been through some stuff and I went out and I just I just didn't, didn't know. know I just couldn't catch yeah, it. But you just go, I don't look like that person. Yeah. yeah. But you just but you didn't you knew it felt weird. But yeah. you didn't you were like why why does it feel weird? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so many. Yeah. So it's 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 important for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 But again, rest in peace to Trayvon Martin, man. Uh, would have been twenty eight years old, and life cut short. Seventeen, man. Just killed in in this in a neighborhood that he lived near like a neighborhood he was familiar with just died there because some dude didn't think he belonged mm. so something to think about um what we're gonna do is we don't we don't really have a ton of um new shout outs it's like one or two which they are very important but <laughs> not enough for me to, i'm turning the music on and the whole thing after we just had this whole talk oh man do it man oh man is this you're such a this is how you bribe them this is what do you it, do man. people this sign up the great people I don't do that. Don't do that. Patreon. I, I think that and anybody that reaches in their park, their pocket and gives us their hard-earned money is incredibly important. I just didn't. 
Okay, it's fine. I don't believe that. I don't believe you. you don't believe, believe, I don't that? believe that. Don't you, say that. Don't say that. I don't that on, believe don't, that you feel that way. Don't, don't say that. On the I don't believe you. Feel, don't say that, hey, man, man. Look, don't hide behind these mics and act like <laughs> you're grateful for these these wonderful people who come to what sign are you up. Doing, man? Take the time to sign up for the Patreon. That's great content. I mean, it's great content. On Tons there. of great content. And they there. sign up and they go like. I want. I'm Let not me, even, uh, no, no. I'm not signing up for the content. I'm signing up for Alvin to hear my name come out of Alvin Williams's mouth on one of my favorite podcasts, or it could be your wow. favorite podcast. And and I, I want him to. I want him to say my name and make a little joke that rhymes. That's the, that's the that's that's why people sign up, man. It's not for the it's not for the content. It's for you to say their <sighs> I name. I can't believe you're on a show, that. man. I you know, and and I'm and I'm disappointed. I'm appalled, and I'm sh- and I'm nonplussed that you <sighs> to sit up here and say that I'm a skip. I am shocked. I'm a skip. This the the part of the Patreon shoutouts. You know what, man? I ought to walk out of here, man. I am too st- too stunned to speak right now. I cannot believe you just did all that. I walk out of here, man. Wow. What I will say is, I give these people my blood, sweat, and tears. I went and told the entire story of my emotions and my feelings of learning to forgive my dad and start a new relationship on Patreon right now. It's called Baby. It's available uh, about five to six episodes. Everyone's available as soon as you sign up for Patreon. Um, but I gave them all of me. And you're going to try to act like I don't appreciate these people. It's fine, man. I can't believe you just did that. We're going to get it's fine. We're going to get into the shout outs and we're going to get kick things off with a big shout out to Megan J. Okay, shout out to Megan J. Roll that. You know what, you, Megan J., you, you know what you should do? Roll a J up. Listen to Baby, which is available right now on Patreon. It's really a compelling story of one boy trying to learn to forgive his dad. Um, and uh, also, we're going to give a big shout out to Dominique S. Dominique, if you put a line through that S in your last name, that's what you did. You went in your pocket and gave us those S with the lines through it. It gave us uh, a few of them. To support us on Patreon And we appreciate you greatly And lastly It's um, Oh Eric 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 W I don't even want to say the whole I don't know That's Why is it all like that Eric Eric Hey Eric Eric shout out to you You're great And your name is confusing I hope it's not all that I hope it's That's like your name Middle name Initial And then last name So I'm hey, not going to say it space bar If your name is all that That's it's, crazy The space bar don't work on No that's Yeah it's, Or maybe it's one to save time also, if that is your name, having a W just plopped in the middle of your name is crazy. Because, like, how do you even use that? How do you even pronounce that? But either way, thank you so much. We love you and appreciate you. And, and uh, we appreciate everybody. And that's it. Um, I can't believe you just hey, you just saw me down the river that, that way. How easy that was. Yeah. That made their day, I'm sure. And, and, and if it did, I'm super glad. And, and I'm, I apologize. It wouldn't have been as much of a thing if Fran wouldn't have gone on this little soliloquy that he did. But it's fine. He put me on in the hot seat and embarrassed me like that. <laughs> cannot believe you. That you would do that to me like that But what we're gonna do Is we're gonna take a quick break And when we come back We're gonna get into some fucked up shit So stick around Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before At BetMGM Sign up using code CHAMPION And receive up to $1,500 back In bonus bets If you don't win your first bet When you register with BetMGM You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features Live betting options And the best daily promotions in the business And with BetMGM at your fingertips Every play and every game matters more than ever Remember to use code CHAMPION And receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, and we are back. Fran, because it is still Black History Month, um, and also every month is Black History Month, as I've said before, but because it's Black History Month and we are acknowledging things and talking about things uh, you know, involving black culture, both in the United States and abroad, I felt like this week I wanted to do something that I want to do more often, obviously, which is uh, shed light on wrongful convictions and you know, just bring attention to those where we can. Yeah. And so uh, this week my story uh, involves um, the story of a man named Ronald Cotton okay. and the twisty, turny story of his life and how he ended up in prison. Mm. So um, in separate incidents in July of 1984, an assailant broke into separate apartments in Burlington, North Carolina, severed wires on, um, from the phone, sexually assaulted two women and searched through their belongings, taking their money and other items. The perpetrator's first victim was a woman named Jennifer Thompson. Jennifer awoke to a blade at her throat. And after multiple offers of valuables, her car and money, she realized what the man had actually broken into her home for. Jennifer vowed to identify the man responsible if she survived her attack. She memorized as many features and details as she could while the man continuously sexually assaulted her for um, several hours. Wow. So while this is happening, she's saying, if I survive this, nose, eyes, you know, scars, ears, hair length, what, she's just analyzing this guy, which is the idea to be going something, through something so traumatic like that and, yeah. and try to Use your brain still. I don't know if I'll be able to. It's, I mean, like, if you if you don't think to do that, yeah, yeah. it's easy for it to not happen. But if you go, no, fuck that. Like, if I, one of my stressful situations that are not anything like this, somebody cut me off or whatever, and I, it looks like I heard that their car was involved in the Amber Alert. Mm. And it's all this stressful shit. If I go, no, 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 remember the license plate. You tell yourself. Then I think you're, you can circumvent whatever that thing of your brain goes into a haze, stress, stuff shuts down. If you tell yourself, no, 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 I need to remember this right now, I think you could probably, like, overcome that. Mm-hmm. It's tough, though. I mean, and I'm talking about yeah. a dumb sit- This is trauma. Yeah. So, again, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Jennifer Thompson is going to be a major player and have a major role in the story. So she says she's going to identify that she will identify this man. She remembers this, the 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 specifics of this attacker and she will lock and commit them to memory. So after her attack had, you know, come to an end for a brief period, I, I suppose, who knows what was going to happen next, but she saw an opportunity and what she did was she offered to make this fucking guy drink, you know, mm-hmm. so they're laying in bed or whatever the sad, you know, the tragic situation is, but she's like, you know, can I get you something to drink? He's like, the poison. No, no, no. Oh. She ran. Oh, so he like, let her like go freely yeah. for a moment. Trick. Yeah. No. And she ran out of the back door. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Like the idea that you're playing along. Stupid. And, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You're playing along and like stroking their ego or talking nicely to them. It's just, oh, it's, uh, that's crazy. It's so wild, man. So she ran out of the back door and the attacker subsequently took off into the night, eventually committing a similar assault later that month. Wow. Jennifer worked diligently with the detectives on the case to form a composite sketch of her attacker. The sketch went out and tips started coming in. One of those tips led to the arrest of Ronald Cotton, a man who worked at a restaurant near both victims' homes. Ronald had a history of burglary and an incident of sexual assault in his teens. So, you know, he had a history that fit the 
that of the attackers. A couple of weeks later, on August 1st, 1984, after Jennifer Thompson picked his photo out of a lineup of suspects, Ronald Cotton was brought in for questioning where he gave what would later be discovered to be a false alibi about his activities the weekend of the attack. So basically what he said was, in the moment he said he was doing something. Mm -hmm. And then they found out that he wasn't doing that thing. And what Ronald goes on to say is he got his weekends mixed up. That was his, that was his, because it, I'm that jumping ahead a little being bit. Caught? For him catching, being caught? Well, for them using it during his trial, which oh, okay. so I'm jumping ahead a bit. So okay. basically, he has his alibi when he bring, he's brought in for interrogation because he fits the description from the composite photo. Right. And he says, no, last weekend, I was at King's Dominion. Not literally, but I'm just saying. Yeah. And then they go, you weren't at King's Dominion last week at, during the trial. Yeah. They go, he wasn't at King's Dominion uh, that weekend. We don't know where he was. And he goes, so then after the trial and after all the fucked up stuff, his excuse or his reasoning now is I went to King's Dominion the weekend before and I got it mixed up. Right. That's what he says. But anyway, that doesn't, we don't need to linger on that. I'm just saying. So uh, during that interrogation, it was clear that they were, he was the, he was, he was, a, he was a primary suspect. And after that interrogation, he never left the, poli- the police station and was placed under arrest. Good. Okay, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> Slow your roll. Okay. It's not the end of the story? It's not the end of the story. <laughs> it's not over? Is it done? <laughs> so, days later, Ronald was placed in a physical lineup where Jennifer Thompson identified him again. After identifying Ronald Cotton, detectives informed her that he was the same man that she identified in the photo lineup. So and they it, gave her a, a photo lineup. Photo lineup. And she picked. And she was like, this looks like the guy. Okay. They, went, she, they went and picked okay, him got up. You, got you. Okay. Interrogated him. His story didn't check out. They arrested him right there on the spot. Right. Then they bring him into a... A, a real physical lineup with other people. Mm, hold, they got little number signs and all that. I don't know. Do that? I, that I don't know. I don't know how it went down, but it, he was in a line. It's like a measuring. Oh, yeah, like you can tell their height, like all that stuff. That's what I'm picturing it's based on yeah. you know media. But she then picks him out of that lineup, but okay. not. She doesn't go. That's the guy from the photo, and that's the. She just went. That's the guy. Mm. And then after that, they went. Well, that's hey, what they want, though, right? That's what they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then, so they're happy. And they think she did good, and they think that they helped her. I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. But they go, hey, just so you know, that guy that you just picked is the same guy you picked out of the photo lineup. Yeah. So now she's like, oh, then that's fucking him. Yeah. I just picked him twice. So now she's confident. She's like, I got the right guy. Yeah. Thank God. Off the streets. Justice is served. I did what I wanted to do. Imagine seeing him again for the first time after you've, he assaulted you. Yeah. No, traumatizing. Oh, that's why I commend her very I mean, this is this is a traumatizing trial for somebody that you are the you are a victim of sexual assault and rape like and now you are one of the main you're the star witness yeah you know and you have to come, come to court dates and deal with the um the defense calling you into question and your memory and your recollection of events and all yeah. that stuff that's, that's that's traumatic so like i said uh they brought him in for a physical lineup jennifer thompson points ronald cotton out again after pointing out his photo like a week earlier so now she's picked him out in a photo lineup and a physical lineup and so they arrest him. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is the guy. Just five months later, Ronald Cotton was convicted by a jury of one count of rape and one count of burglary after just a week-long trial. The trial's key evidence included Ronald's faulty alibi, which I said. He said he was busy the weekend that the, attacks ha- that the attack of Jennifer Thompson happened. Yeah. And then he, it wasn't. Where he said he was, he wasn't there that weekend. A flashlight found in his apartment that matched the description of a flashlight that the attacker had, mm. which... I mean, flashlights are pretty generic, but anyway, flashlight matched. 
he had a flashlight in his apartment and matched the flashlight that was described to be used by the attacker. Yeah, how do you know it was a special flashlight? I don't know that. You're right. I don't. I just most people. I've seen. Yeah, you've seen some pretty unique flashlights. Yeah. For okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, sure. This character, this flashlight might have some character. So uh, a false alibi, a flashlight that matched the uh, one that was described to be used by the attacker, yeah. and a piece of foam found in Jennifer's home that was similar to foam found on a pair of shoes that Ronald Allen owned. So that's deep forensics right there. Yeah. But the most powerful tool in Ronald's conviction was Jennifer herself. She got on the stand, told her story, and pointed directly at Ronald Cotton sitting at the defense table and identified him as the man who broke into her home and raped her at knife point, which is in front of a jury. That's a hard one to beat. Yeah. After just 40 minutes of deliberation, Ronald Cotton was found guilty of both July attacks and sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years at just 22 years old. Now, what's interesting about that, I, don't, I can't remember if I wrote it in here or later, but he was found guilty of both attacks, and the other victim was never identified, never had to take the stand. Yeah, They just were like, we got her, yeah. and it matches the same MO, and, and, you worked, and you worked at a restaurant that was close to both of these, so you did that one too. Guilty. They can't double up on it, though? They gave him life plus 50 years. Give him another Okay. I'm going to continue. What's wrong with that? Nothing. If, oh. I'm going to continue the story. As the, as when I say it has something, you going to go over it or something? No, no but I'm just saying. But why you say that, though? After I said, why can't you do? Well, you just have a lot of passion towards this guy, and I'm, and I'm, I'm telling the story's not over. Oh. <laughs> I know. I get that. But, but you're saying, saying in general. Yeah. I'm, 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 cause I'm looking at the victim. Yeah. She, she should get her. What's, what's his punishment for her? Justice. Yeah. 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 I get that. But it's life plus 50 years. So maybe she's the 50 because she didn't have to. They couldn't prove everything, you know. Um, while imprisoned, Ronald Cotton spent his days discovering God and sending multiple letters to his lawyer requesting an appeal. Until one day, a new inmate was brought into his unit. Ronald approached this man because he thought he looked familiar. <clears throat> the reason he thought he looked familiar was because the two favored each other. I was about to say, I'm like, why? Because they look alike. Um, yeah. And after approach, yeah. And after approaching the new inmate and asking some questions. He found out they were from the same town. But imagine being in prison and going like, wait a second. Imagine being in prison and you know you didn't do right. something. So wait a second. Hey, you. Yeah. What's your name? Hmm. Bonald. Yeah. Bonald Biden. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wait. Hmm. Do you have a birthmark on your abdomen? I do. It's like, oh, no, this shit is, no, this, <laughs> no, shit, shit, shit thing got spooky. <laughs> So, so he approached this guy and he, he started off like, the, it was like this. Yeah. This makes me laugh. It's serious, but it makes me laugh because I know the situation. Like he knew what he wanted to ask him when he approached him. Yeah. But he goes, Hey man, what high school did you go to? Do you know Sherelle? Yeah. What, you know, whose cousin are you? He's trying to be like, I know what I want to ask you, but yeah. let me, maybe it's some other yeah, reason cool. I know. Maybe it's some other reason I know who you yeah. who you are, other than the reason I want to ask you. So after pussyfooting a, a little around a little bit, Ronald just got right to the point and point blank said, "Did you commit a murder? Did you commit a crime yeah. in, in uh, North Carolina? Because you resemble a composite sketch. Because you resemble a composite sketch in the double rape that I was falsely in prison for. I think that you're the guy in this sketch. Yeah, and because I didn't do it, and you look so much like me, and you're also from North Carolina. You're from Burlington, yep. North Carolina, and so you were from the same town. So." I think they might be looking for you. And friend, shockingly, the guy denied the assertion. He was like, me? No. No. You want to try to put more crimes on me? No, I don't. No, I, that's not me. But that's crazy, though. Yeah. Like, for her to go up there and pick this dude in the sketch, mm -hmm. 
pick the dude out of the lineup and go like, yeah, that was him. Yeah. But it like it was it was that face. Wow. We'll get into That's it because oh, we got man. we got it gets crazier. So, like I said, so he goes. Listen, man, I'm gonna be frank with you. I don't think that I know you because of my cousins. I think we look a lot alike, and I'm in I'm in prison falsely. And I think you're the guy they're looking for. And he went, what? what, 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 what? Yeah. Never me. I could never. Yeah. Right? Unshockingly, right? This guy's like, he's, like he was going to confess right there on the spot. And this inmate's name was Bobby Poole. The conviction that landed Bobby Poole in prison next to Ronald Cotton, Fran? Rape. Wow. Right? Yep. So the two ended up working alongside each other in the kitchen, where Ronald claims the COs would call him Poole and pull cotton accidentally because mm. the two favored each other that much. I don't know if I, um, I don't know if I can do that, man. We constantly next to this guy. He looks just like me. It's like, bro, I'm in here for life I'm plus not 50 being here. Life plus 50. And he's, you know, and he also, he got caught doing his crime. Yeah. But I'm like, I know I didn't do it. And you look just like me and you're from the same town as yeah. me and you're in here for rape. Yeah. So we're not going to be skinning potatoes next to each other. I'm going to skin your face. Yeah. I did a, a story similar to this. A while ago, maybe like a year or so ago. Yeah, about the, the guy. It was guys. like the guy that was locked up. He had the same name and yeah, everything. Yeah, right? it was, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. It's just, man, hey, God just be doing whatever he wants out here. He's like, man, you got this face and you got this face too. And maybe y'all from the same town too. That's like, come on, you're doing a lot. Yeah, man, you being lazy. Man. Put him over. People create Disperse him. Right. Put him over in California or something like that. Put us in the same town. <laughs> What's really cool though you're in prison. You have all this anger and animosity. This guy comes in. Ronald Cotton could have acted up. Yeah. He could have tried to like beat the confession out of this guy, be aggressive, and that might have not worked in his favor. What yeah, he did was, fuck that. I'm going to let the law work on my side. Yep. He continued to mail, uh, write his lawyer, and he informed him that, hey, man, there's a guy that just got in here. He looks just like me. We need to pursue this. Right? So his lawyer continued to work on his behalf, and Ronald Cotton was- Oh, wait. A, I'm sorry. What year was this? Let's just say it was like 1990. Because he had been in prison, he, uh, the attacks were in 1984. Oh, so a no year DNA, later, he DNA, was arrested. Didn't have DNA then. No, well, we'll get to that. Yet? Oh, okay. We'll get to All that. Right, okay. That comes up. Okay, it, it's coming. So, um, he's in prison. He writes his lawyer to continue to let his lawyer know, like, hey man, there's a dude in here looks just like me. We got to pursue this. You need to get me a, a an appeal. Now, so with the with the lawyer uh, with the lawyers, I wonder if they like, do they take that serious when they like he's. He, Oh, I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure lawyers get stuff from their, you know, people in prison all day, whether they're representing them or not. That says I'm innocent, and that's why I always give props and to to the Innocence Project because yeah. I go How the work you, they yeah. must do to yeah. be like we'll take this client on because we had to do a lot of diligent research to go. But I'm not this guy is that, innocent. That's a that's a whole operation. I'm talking right. about like just a just a letter like no man, it was yeah. a it was a bat a bat killed her. Yeah. Oh, they get messages like that all the time. Oh, guy, there's a guy in here who looks just like me. He did it. Okay, man. But this lawyer, thankfully, mm. took him seriously. Yeah, man. And Ronald Cotton was awarded a new trial. Because that guy could have been like, huh. Yeah, whatever. I already got paid. Sure he is. You guys all look the same anyway. I'm sure he does look like just like you. Sure he does. Sure he does, Jamal. You're like, my name is Ronald. <laughs> Racism is crazy. So anyway, so, so he, was, he, was, he was awarded a new trial, and he provided the, the revelation of his doppelganger to his lawyer, who then subpoenaed Bobby Poole to take the stand with Jennifer also present for the new trial. Ooh. Yes. Well, good thing she was like still alive. Exactly, yeah. right? Jennifer Thompson stated in a later interview that she, in the presence of Bobby Poole, felt angry. Mm. Uh-uh. Oh. Angry at the defense 
for having the audacity to imply that she could forget what her rapist looked like. So she wasn't angry like, oh my God, this guy. No, yeah. she was she was angry that any of this was even even happening because Ronald Cotton is who assaulted me. Yeah. But they didn't she didn't get him to speak or something like that for her to They like, had her take the stand. I'm I mean about, they had Tim Poole take they had um Bobby Poole take the stand. Okay. And so she saw him on the stand and it, like it didn't voice. register. Mm, it didn't okay. register. Wow. So Ronald Cotton was found guilty again. Wow. wow. This time he was given two life sentences. Damn. Seven. Wow. For the other woman, oh, they gave him fifty years last time. Now, now they gave him double life. Now I think that's fucked up. Yeah, now, <laughs> now you know. See, that's why I wanted you to have some new information. Right now, some 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 new stuffs coming up. Right. So seven years later, somewhat ironically, he was made aware of something called DNA, as he and by he I mean Ronald Cotton. Okay. As he, along with the rest of the country, was captivated by the trial of O.J. Simpson. So the O.J. Simpson trial put in Ronald Cotton's head the idea of DNA. So he writes out to new, his new representation because his lawyer after the, the, after the second trial dropped him. Oh, shit. So he had to get new representation. He reaches out to this new representation and goes, hey, have you heard of this stuff called a DNA? Yeah. Right? His new representation in, informed Ronald of two simple truths. It was unlikely that, that after so much time, a proper DNA sample could be pulled from the crime scene evidence. And more importantly, Fran, if they pull a sample... And anything is a match for Ronald Cotton, he's done. No more appeals. He would die in prison. So, he, so his lawyer basically said, hey, listen, if you're saying you're innocent, that's fine. But if they pull DNA from the clothes, crime scene evidence, whatever, and your DNA is on anything, you are done. Yeah. It's over for you. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go on that ledge and do that. If you're confident. Yeah. If you know. I, I, wasn't, I, mean, I, wasn't, I wasn't even there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you can't be more confident yeah. than I wasn't there. Yeah. So. With that information, he proceeded to tell his lawyer, go ahead and get that DNA and let's test it and let's see what happens. On a dusty shelf in an evidence room in Burlington Police Department, his lawyer found two rape kits from the assaults that took place in July 1984. Inside one of those kits was a fragment of a single sperm with viable DNA. Mm, wow. I looked into it and like the amount of millions of sperm and a, this is a fragment of one sperm and it's just... It could be preserved like that? Well, luckily. I mean, luckily. That's it crazy. wasn't preserved. It was in a rape oh. kit. It was in, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's in a, maybe like a vial or something like that. But they weren't doing anything to treat it or keep it preserved or anything like that. It was on a shelf collecting wow. dust. This is pure luck. There wasn't much so of a like sample a to drop. Even, it's a drop. Basic, I mean, like, if, if we're going to put it into, like, con, like, like a perspective, I would, say, I would assume, yes, yeah, something like that. Like a, a fragment of a single sperm. So that's, a, that's not much. And it's been eleven. It's been eleven plus years. Yeah. So he got he got very lucky that they even found DNA to test. So after eleven years in prison, Ronald Cotton was once again back in trial, where he was freed after DNA evidence came back confirming that not only was he not the man responsible for these horrible crimes that he was convicted of, but it was in fact Bobby Poole, the random man that crossed Ronald's path in prison, wow. who was a match for the sperm fragment that was found in the rape kit. So keep in mind, seven years prior, Ronald Cotton screaming at the top of his lungs, this is the guy. Please put him on the stand. She will, she will recant. Mm -hmm. And she and she did it. Not to blame her, but I'm just saying, yeah. this was the guy. It's not like he was wrong about that. Not only was he right of, that he was innocent, of course, but he was he found the guy. Yeah. In happenstance. Like 
happenstance, this guy gets caught on a, cr- a crime in the town that allows him to be arrested and processed and put in the same prison as this guy. That's crazy. You know, he could have been, he could have committed a crime in fucking Florida or something. He was in North Carolina, got sent to the same prison, same unit as Ronald Cotton. Ronald Cotton sees him. They end up working in the kitchen alongside each other, so he really gets to get a good look at him. And then there are people calling him him and stuff. People, they're mixing yeah. up their names. And he goes and gets his appeal, gets this guy to come to the stand as a witness, and the woman, the woman doesn't believe that it's Bobby Poole, and the jury finds him guilty again. Then another 11 years passes, mm. and it, it, he was right. That's crazy, man. That's, that's, that's God yeah. making it for his laziness. Yeah. And I'm wrong. It wasn't another. It wasn't another. Uh, it wasn't another eleven years. It was four years from oh, the saying. second Damn. appeal. Oh, okay. So it was eleven years in total. Gotcha. Seven years. So 1984 to 1991, and then 1991 to 1995. Yeah. So eleven years in total. Just gotcha. to clear that up. Is this a long damn. Time? Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was eleven years in total that he was in prison unjustly. One day is too much. They took eleven years of this guy's life. So in July 1995, the governor of North Carolina officially pardoned Cotton, making him eligible for five thousand dollars in compensation from the state. That's it. That's it. In 1995, let's say that's ten. Let's be nice and say that's ten. Fuck maybe, that. maybe let's let's say it's fifteen. Could get me a job. I took a job. <laughs> the resources that he needs. To, he's been in prison for eleven years. The trauma of being in prison and you didn't do anything wrong. This guy. That's uh, it. You know, a couple grand. So anyway. Eyewitness identification is highly unreliable. Studies have shown that mistaken eyewitness testimony accounts for about half of all wrongful convictions. Researchers at Ohio State University examined hundreds of wrongful convictions and determined that roughly 52% of the errors resulted from eyewitness mistakes. So I'm not here to uh, like condemn Jennifer Thompson in any kind of way. She is a victim. She was attacked. But it is statistically irresponsible for the main piece of evidence to arrest somebody to be eyewitness testimony. Mm. And it is used. It's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. You know, and not only is it one of the biggest ones in general, it accounts for 52% of wrongful convictions. So half the time the person's wrong when they go, it was him, but they couldn't, they couldn't do DNA. I guess at the time time, originally, that wasn't an option. It wasn't an option time things. That's why it's good that we let things have progressed. Yeah. You know, so, so hopefully but people are still being eyewitness testimony is still a thing. Yeah. You know, even though we have DNA, sometimes you don't have a sample. DNA has gotten the DNA technology has gotten so much better, but still if you don't have DNA, you can't use it. So eyewitness testimony is still a, a powerful tool in the judicial system. Yeah. And there are studies that have been shown that says like this is incredibly unreliable. You yeah, know, shout out to OJ's case, I guess. I don't know. You see that? Well, that's what sparked Ronald Cotton's idea yeah. to like, yeah, look into DNA. So yeah, shout out to OJ. If that's what you want to, if that's the kind of thing you well, want to stand on. Case, or, I don't want to say him. Okay. Well, however, that's how it came across. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah. So, f- like I said, 52, 52% of errors that resulted in um, wrongful convictions were from eyewitness mistakes. Legal scholar Edwin Borchard studied 65 cases of erroneous criminal convictions of innocent people. Mistaken eyewitness identification was responsible for approximately 45% of Borchard's case studies. So this is, it's, it, it happens a lot. Yeah. People fuck up. Your eyes were brown. Yeah, they thought they were I green. I think for but her, this, is, this is a unique case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys look exactly, yeah, yeah. this is a unique case. That's why I'm saying this is not an attack on Jennifer Thompson, but I just wanted to leap, pad, yeah, leap, yeah. leap pad off of this to say, even though this was a unique case, in general, in the best of circumstances, eyewitness identification is unreliable. 
and you should not build a case around it. You need to don't just go, well, this guy we have a person that says they saw him. You need to try to find other other things too that'll stick. Yeah. And they found some decent things. I'm not going to say that they didn't. You know, his he lied essentially about his alibi. Yeah. You know, so he he, he looked bad. His look where he worked, he was close to both the women's homes. It did look bad. It looked bad and somebody's pointing a finger at him. So it, you know, this was a, this is a unique case. But eyewitness identification is unreliable. So overturned wrongful conviction data also shows that most convictions based on photo evidence rarely had the actual criminal in the lineup. So if you put six people in front of somebody and you go, do any of these people look familiar? A lot of times what happens is they get SAT brain or test brain where they go, one of these is the right answer. They don't think about, yeah, they don't think about that. It could be none of these people. So you end up picking somebody because you're like, well, it has to be one of these people or they wouldn't be putting these people in front of me. But a lot of times the actual criminal is not in those photo lineups that they're showing people. Wow. So you just pick somebody because you feel like you need to. Why don't they say that, though? That should be an option. Because they want to get a conviction. I get that. So you said eyewitness testimony is not, is not reliable. Not enough to build a whole case okay, around. Okay, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. If, okay. if it's an additional thing... That's it could you could it'd be great to use. Yeah. But if that's all that's gonna convict you, like I said, for this, all they had to convict Ronald Cotton was uh he lied about an alibi. The flashlight, you know, saying that he had a flashlight in his home that matched the description of a flashlight that was they that maybe Jennifer Thompson or the other woman said that they saw him ha they they saw the attacker have during the assault. Hmm. So he had a flashlight in his home that looked like somebody else's flashlight. Bobby Poole. He had a flashlight that looked like Bobby Poole's flashlight. Yeah. And then they found some rubber on the floor that was the same kind of rubber as some shoes that Ronald Cotton has had in his home. But everybody has sneakers. Now, on their, on their own, none of those are strong enough to convict somebody. A, good, a, a decent attorney goes, Your Honor, everybody has sneakers. Like, I mean, you found rubber at this house. You found rubber at his... I mean, come on. A flashlight, Your Honor. How many flashlights are made? How many flashlights are yellow? How many flashlights are black? Like, come on. People have flashlights in their home. Mm-hmm. The thing that put it over the top was a woman who was a victim and attacked, getting on the stand and going, that's the guy that attacked me. That's what put this guy in prison. Yeah. And that part alone is unreliable and should not be enough to put somebody in prison. It's the only point. Now, like I said, Jennifer Thompson's circumstance is a unique circumstance. She is a victim. I respect her for, she did. She got it right. You know, like her identification, her details, the things that she remembered were right. They just happened to belong to somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I want to make it clear. I'm not faulting her. I'm not saying she put a guy in prison falsely. But it's not her fault two people it, look alike. No, that's yeah. not it's, it's not her fault at all. That's what that's what I want to be clear about. So here's the interesting kind of fun wrap up of this. But it's also kind of funny. Black History Month. So Ronald and Jennifer actually met sometime after his release at a church where he actually forgave her. They hugged and she she said, you're so strong. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I could, she said something to the effect of, I could apologize to you every day for the next 100 years and it still wouldn't be, be en- enough to show you how sorry I am. And he forgave her and he said, I don't wish anything bad on you and we're good and you know this is fine and I'm sorry that you were attacked and we're good. You don't have to worry about anything going forward. And they had such a powerful meeting and hit and made such a bond with each other that they became friends. Mm. And you guys can actually read about all of the details of their friendship in their joint memoir called Picking Cotton, our memoir of injustice and redemption. What? 
kind of title is that? He said, "You hear that?" That's the bag must have been the bag must have been crazy. Like I get the wow, no, because I get the play. I get the. I I understand it's his last name. I get that, but like, come on, come on, man, that's not. They, they do it right in front of our faces. Like, and we, just, and we just like That's, whatever. They played in his face with that one. The, her, him, her, the book publisher, the publishing house, the editor. They played in his face. You know what I mean? And they go, it's good though, right? Because they play on words. And he goes, he just was in prison. They giving him some money. He goes, yeah, so do I still get the money if I have to agree? They're like, well, man, we have to find a new t- title. He's just happy to be here, man. He's free or writing a book. He's not going to be a stickler about the book title, I don't no, think. I don't know about that, man. That's they could have picked any Picking cotton. Any name. <laughs> picking cotton is wow. After wow. what he just went through? After, oh, this is a white woman, right? Mm-hmm. A white woman yeah. was basically like, I mean, it's not her fault, but it was like, well, no, two yeah. black people look alike. So. <laughs> it was one of you guys. One of you, one of you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Did it. Then they were both in court again. Yeah. And she was like, no, no, no. How did and I, I'm again I, I'm just this is for the bit. I'm not attacking Jennifer Thompson. But on the second appeal on the appeal, yeah. she's like, You think you guys think I don't remember what he looked like? And that's the guy on the stand. Bobby Poole is now on the stand. He's like, yeah. it wasn't him. It was him, like I said the first time. And so he goes into jail back into prison for another four years. And then they come out and they he forgives her and she's apologetic and she's still a victim and all that stuff and they have a real talk and everything and they have real conversations and they sit down and write a book and they come up with the title Picking Cotton. Oh man, that's offensive, man. <laughs> oh, what I need to know what the bag looked like for him. Though. The bag had to, to be okay good. that. You got had to be something crazy for him to green like that. <laughs> or maybe he just is so. Forward, he's like, nah, that's just a great title. Like, it's a play on words. It's a double entendre. It is a double entendre. Jay-Z would be proud. It definitely, but uh, it's, it's either the, the bag was crazy or he just did. It didn't, it didn't even cross his mind. Uh, that what the, what the other entendre cotton, was? Yes. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm, I'm Cotton. I'm Ronald Cotton. She picked yeah, me out of a lineup. Man, my, my last name. <laughs> I was like, no, man. Picking Cotton? What? They took him to Barnes and Nobles after the book came out. He's all excited and they go yeah. show his family and they go picking cotton. He's like, Yeah, see, I thought it was brilliant too because yeah. she picked me out of Atlanta. They go, No, no, picking cotton. He goes, like, What do you mean? Yeah, pick, they picked me out of the. No, like the kid, whoever it is, whispered, like, No, like cotton. Yeah. Slave feels. He goes, What? Yeah. It's like, and it's a whole, a whole wall of books because they're all in Barnes and Nobles on yeah. the like set up for display. And he starts ripping them down. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that's yeah. what it meant. No, nah, listen, shout out to Ronald Cotton, man. Glad he was freed. Shout out to Jennifer Thompson. Crazy, Prayers to her. Man, Crazy weird. story. Wild, twisty, turny types of events. But everything. Did you look at the book? I did. You did it? I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Did like in a field and stuff? <laughs> no. No, they're not like blowing cotton off of us, like a dandelion. No, they're not like blowing. They make a wish. <laughs> they make it. Blowing, blowing the cotton off of the thing. They're both with one in between them is one cotton, yeah. one cotton stem, and they're blowing the cotton off Wait, of it. Wait, is that cotton? No, it's not cotton. Oh. No, but I'm just—I don't even think cotton. What? I don't think you can blow. No, but it is like you pick it off. So I know. I, yeah, maybe yeah, you yeah. can blow it off. Yeah, yeah. This is him on the left, and that's Jennifer Thompson. That's him. That's her. Wait, did you see the other guy? No, I don't. No, I—I I don't think I saw the other guy. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. So that's Ronald Cotton when he was young. That's Bobby Poole on the right. I will be putting these pictures up on um, social media. I don't know if this is the two of them. In prison. So that was the composite sketch. And that's Bobby Poole. 
And this is Ronald Cotton. So that's Ronald Cotton. That's Bobby Poole. And then this is the composite sketch. It does look more like Bobby Poole. I don't see the resemblance at all. (laughs) I wish I could. uh... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Composite sketch. Ronald Cotton. Bobby Poole. The sketch look more way. I I don't see where it's close. That's crazy. Oh, that's wild. We're gonna, yeah. gonna chalk this up to racism. Black people look like <laughs> that. Don't look like that. Don't like uh, uh, Ronald, Cotton. Ronald Cotton at all. Nah, that looks like Bobby Poole for sure. Yeah, yeah it yeah. does. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Nah. Oh, damn. Nah. Damn. We gotta chalk this up to racism. Yeah. Sorry. That don't look like him at all. Uh, I'll put. I don't I'll, see the resemblance. I'll at put all. it up on Instagram for people to really make a determination for themselves. But I, I, I tend to uh, lean your way. I don't I tend to hear leave. nobody's. I, the lips, maybe the. No, look at the lips. <laughs> Cotton has thin lips. Yeah, 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 yeah. This guy's like swollen, look like at puffy all. lips. Uh, no, that's crazy. No, sorry. <laughs> no, all right. Well, the good thing is Ronald Cotton. They is, don't look like at all. Not at all. I don't see where. You tell me where you can you I, can pick something I, and go like ah oh, yeah I see a little bit. Why? I'm not really. Yeah, he Ronald, has a thin nose. Yeah, he has, a, yeah, he he has, has thin lips. Yeah, uh, Bobby Caldwell has a very like wide uh, nose, uh, very exaggerated lips, um, a larger forehead, and um, Ronald Cotton almost has like that Kobe Bryant kind of face. Yeah, like, he's very small, small right. nose, small His cheekbones lips. are all out. Like, yeah, he has, like, he has like defined cheekbones. That's Ronald crazy, Cotton. man. Nah, like, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, okay. I yeah. I, 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 I Is that them in prison? Yes, that is them next to each other. Wow, they don't look nothing alike. Wow. He has a mustache. Wow, man. Wow. Wow. Now this wow. makes the picking cotton thing a little this wow. thing this thing this thing's a little bit more now. I didn't go through the pictures on my own. I'm just now doing this. Wow. So now I'm starting That's to really crazy. Yeah, eleven years of his life. Man. Yeah, they don't look anything alike, actually. Now now that I'm seeing them. He looks generic as hell. Yeah, he really does just look <laughs> he looks like uh the robot from iRobot. Yeah, he's just like a nose, a head. Yeah, it's not like a lot of definition. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Bobby Poole, like J. Cole. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of character to his face. That's While Ronald crazy. Cotton does not. How but, are people getting those two mixed up? I don't know, but yeah, the picking cotton thing hurts a little bit wow. more now that I'm now seeing them That's next to crazy, each other. Man. I'll be posting all these pictures on social media so people can yes. make a determination for themselves. Wow. Again, I'm pre- I'm happy to say that Ronald Cotton was freed in 1995, as um, he should be. Uh, I hope the book did well. And oh, fuck that book. At least fuck the title anyway. But finding common ground and forgiveness and all the other things around it. You know what? And then they played in his face. Oh, absolutely. So it kind of throws it all out, you know, like all black people look alike, picking cotton. <laughs> you're black. He forgave he forgave them. Oh, his last name. Cotton. Oh, he's cotton. Used that. And you, yeah, picking you cotton. You picked him. You picked him in court because he looked like another black guy. Oh man! They definitely brought him out. And some he's like, a, she's a white woman. Yeah, it's oh, pretty crazy. Was his eighties? Early nineties? Oh early man, 90s. perfect. They definitely brought out like a comp- like a a pre like a pre made book like a a, a mock up. Yes, and in a in an office room with Ronald and Jennifer there, and they put it on the thing, and they went, "Here we go." And they took the the, the black uh, um, sheet off of it to show, and they go picking cotton, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's brilliant," yeah. and then he. As to not rock the boat, as we spoke about earlier, with this hypothetically, hypothetically, 
That's not rock the boat. We just got out of prison. He's got a book deal. He's, he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. I get it. It's picking because you picked me. And yeah, and they're like, oh, it's brilliant. It's gonna grab all the you know some white guy, some uh, ads ad executive. It's gonna grab all the headlines. People, it's controversial. People are gonna it's the double on top. That's oh, that's yeah. That, sure. that was it. They were like, it's gonna be controversial, but then it's gonna grab people. They're gonna want to see it. What's this book? Picking cotton. Uh, but then they they understand the story, and then they grab everybody's on your side. It's gonna do fantastic. And I don't know if it did. I hope it did. I hope he made some money. Oh, well, he had to make fifty. Did some book tours or something. $50,000? $50,000? $50,000 for me to go like, all right. That's not even that much of an advance for a book. You should want for picking cotton? For In his situation? Uh-huh. Just getting false. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, yeah. And also 95, 50,000 might be yeah. like 100,000. Yes. All right. I'm yeah. saying, okay, cool. Yeah, all right, whatever. whatever. Cool. Just don't. I don't want to go on. Don't put my tours. face on. I don't want to go on. Don't because it's not a. They're not on the cover of the book. Okay. It's I don't want to go on any tours or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't want to like be saying. Yeah. I don't want to be proud of this book. No, I don't want to go on Oprah. <laughs> I don't want to do any of that. Thing. So Ronald, why picking cotton? He's like, you know, um, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The bag was nice. Um. The bag was nice. <laughs> no, but they got like his name and like the the little real thing small. under it. Yeah, the bag was nice and cool. Yeah, the bag. <laughs> yeah, on the back, it's like him him in that little box where they keep the author's yeah. pictures. Like, <laughs> why did you why did you write this book? Had to get to the bag. Had to get to the bag. <laughs> yeah, I have more dignity and respect. But yeah, I need some money. I need some money. They took eleven money. years of my life. Stole eleven years of wow. his life, and then they don't look nothing like people. And then played and then played in his face. Whether they did it intentionally or not, there's just it's hard for me to argue that they didn't play in this man's face by calling this book Picking Cotton. So anyway, man, super proud that this guy got out. Happy Black History Month to you guys. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go. Hey, man, that's that was a great story, man. It wild, was, right? That was a wild. That was a wild ride, man. No, I, you know, I, my how I felt changed yeah. throughout the story. Yeah, and I was like very upset at that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was very disappointed. Well, I didn't listen, and again, I just wanted before you jump in, I just want to say one more time, like nothing was meant in a disrespectful way. It just it just caught me off guard. The name of the book, the situation caught me off guard, and then after the stuff we talked about at the top of the show about people planning your face and that kind yeah. of stuff. And then seeing the pictures, because I hadn't done that. I had seen what Ronald Cotton looked like. I had seen what the composite sketch looked like, but I had never looked up what Bobby Poole looked like. Yeah. And then seeing them next to each other, and then me just being me and knowing what black people look like. I mean, everybody yeah. should know. Everybody should know what everybody looks like. Right. But let's just, as a black person, I say, for me, it's hard for you to tell me two black people look alike because I just know differentiating features too personally. And it's the same with you. Yeah. But even in that case, they don't look alike no, at all. No. And yeah. so picking cotton, even in that context where you go, how did you pick cotton? Yeah. How? Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> how did you pick cotton for me? You know what I mean? Like after reading all that stuff, because what I'm reading is saying they looked alike and the guards were saying this and everything. Even he said it. it must have been like. So maybe, you know, something, something we didn't talk about is like he said that guy looked like him. So I don't see it. You know, I don't, you know. Maybe even it's dark he, in those prisons. Or I guess. But. I, I just I feel like I didn't want it to come across like we were an, attacking him or his credibility or his pride as a black man. I didn't want, but like if it just caught in the moment, that was the real reaction. Yeah, they they looked like at at least five years apart. Yeah, in age, height difference, the height difference. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, by the way, you know, whatever. You know, it was it was a great it was a great story. My affirmative murder this week is about Charles Barr, known as the Petty Party Bandit. Um, not much is known about Mr. Barr's early life, but we do know that he was born in Memphis in 1903. He's the only son of Baptist of a Baptist minister, and as, as an adult, he married a woman named Luda, and the couple lived happily in the city. Like Chris? Like Luda Chris? I don't know. <laughs> but you said Luda, L-U-D-A? Yeah, yeah it's L-U-A-D-A. L-U-A-D, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who didn't, ex- didn't exist? Who, Luda Chris? I wasn't even thought about Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think she was named after Luda <laughs> I didn't think she was named after Luda Chris. I just was trying to do a little word guess, association. Yeah. Uh, with Charles working as a chauffeur and a house servant for the Von Fossen family. Ooh. Von Fossen. Yeah, where he was treated decently and regarded as an honest worker. Okay. Despite his good and hardworking reputation, Barr wished for a more lavish lifestyle. Don't we all? Don't we all? Man. Yeah, don't, don't we, we all? Don't we all? Well, especially in 1903. Oh yeah, for as many like, reasons. As like a the treated the treating yeah. him treated him decent thing stung a little bit because I go, what does that mean? Like, yeah. they didn't you know yell hurl racial slurs at him. And you the, can call him a, a servant or chauffeur, whatever you want. But he yeah. was a slave. Mm-hmm. He was a slave. Well, um, he wasn't a slave. Slavery was slavery was, it, it was abolished. Was? <laughs> But it was, yeah, still, you, it was still, 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 come on, come on, it was still the law of the land. By book, yeah, it was about yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I mean, like, it was still the law. We changed the name a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. call him a servant instead of slaves. Oh, you know, you, you can wear, you, you can wear a shirt now. You don't have to wear chains and tatters. Hey, Amen. Arose okay. by any other name. Okay, I'm sorry. Would still he's smell a, a slave. He's a servant. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a servant. Indentured, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Barr wished, again, he wished for a more lavish lifestyle, believing the quickest way to do so mm-hmm. is what? Crypto. Turn to crime and robbery. Sure. Yep, up, yep. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a brilliant, brilliant plan to yeah. become a, a, a millionaire a robber. in the early 1900s or 1920s. It worked and set it off. Well, did it? Hmm? It worked for Jada Pinkett Smith and set it off. It did? She didn't she die. Did. She got away on the bus. She got away on the bus. She, did, she, <laughs> she did. got away with the bu- on the bus with the money. She did. Bad friend. Great businesswoman. You know what? We're not going to go there. I well, we will with, get I into that on our side stuff. podcast, yeah. setting it off the podcast, <laughs> where we review, po- set hey, it off. That would be great. End to end. Yeah. Great. But I do, I don't, I don't like her actually, but we're not going to go there. As a you person know. or in the, you don't like no, Sunny? I don't like, I don't Sunny? like her. Jada. No, she's great in the movie. Okay, yeah. I don't like oh, Jada Pinkett. Oh, we don't, then we don't even have to. We, oh, okay, all right. We can move on. Okay. <laughs> we don't even have to go down that sorry, road. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. So on January 27th of 1923, Barr bar, borrowed a car from a friend and drove to an isolated road near Memphis, mm. which was known as a local lover's lane. Mm. There, he came across 21-year-old business salesman Duncan Waller from Mayfield, Kentucky, and his mistress... Ruth McElwain Tucker of Bowling Green. Mm. He parked the car near them and approached them on foot. And upon reaching the automobile, he pulled out his 25, 25 caliber pistol and shot Waller, killing him instantly. Whoa. Terrified and shocked, Tucker leaped out of the car, sprinted towards a nearby field, but Barr caught up with her, shot her, mm. and raped, and then raped her. But, you know, not sure what order that happened in. Yeah. After killing her, he stole the woman's jewelry and other valuables before returning to the car, doing the same to Mr. Waller, Mm. and then fleeing the area. Their bodies were later discovered by a milkman during his daily routine. Despite the police 
and local citizens um, and detectives agencies attempt to solve the case, nobody was arrested for the crime at the time. So he's out. He's out on the yeah. right now. So four months later, on May 29th, Barr again borrowed his car. I don't know who this friend is. Uh-huh. Must tell him, hey man, I just need to need to get to work or something. Yeah. Borrowed his friend's car again and went to the same spot, Lover's Lane, where he found 27-year-old grocery store executive W. O. Spencer and his date, who was a school teacher, Laura Wheaton Johnson, talking to one another in the car. Bar again, you know, stealthily, mm-hmm. creeping, you know, whatever. Approached the car, approached the couple. But was seen by Johnson, who began screaming in fear. So kind of, uh, she she spotted him crouching a little, a little a, earlier mm-hmm. before he had attempt a chance to you know gun in his hand start his attack. Yeah, Barr then immediately shot and killed Spencer mm. before also shooting Johnson, who survived. Seeing that she was still alive, he took her hostage and forced her to give up her jewelry, planning to kill her in another secluded area. However. Johnson leaped out of the moving car and ran to the nearest house. So she survives. She gets out of the moving car. It's yeah. kind of like some I survive type. Yeah. Type situation. For sure. Um, so she runs to a nearby house. Shot. Yes. She is shot. Yes. Bleeding. Yep. Wow. Um, scared. Everything. And uh, was able to tell the homeowner what's going on now. It's different for a white woman to do something like that, I think. Especially in, yeah, 1903. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. So the neighbor then brought her to the police station where she reiterated what had happened but was unable to provide an accurate description of the attacker. Now, this is what I was talking about when we when you did your story about being in this flight or flight, fight or flight situation where it's like adrenaline is pumping. Yeah. Scared. She's shot. Yeah. Being scared. like, I don't know if, me personally, I don't know if I- I can't see him in my I, mind right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think- Maybe after a while, maybe everything, you know, when you calm down a little bit, probably, maybe, but yeah. it's like, I don't know if I, I think I'm focused on more on trying to survive than worrying about this yeah. dude being caught. I Identifying just don't know if I would be able to and... remember that. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't know. That's just me personally. I get that. So while no further known murders were committed by the offender, then dubbed the Petty Party Bandit, the case caused a great uh, stir throughout the Memphis area. Knowing that the offender had used a 25 caliber pistol in both attacks and the fact that he had stolen valuables from his victims. Now, I did read some old newspapers. I told you about this a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That I find old newspapers interesting because it's a... Uh, it's it's like a time capsule. It's a time capsule. Yeah. And you can and see all the other it, You see all, stories all the stories and yeah. it's like... I remember this What's going on around that time in yeah. early nights? And it's like it's it's very fascinating because yeah. uh we talked about like um social media where it's like you have your you have access to everything. You kind of can see yeah. what's going on in California, what's going on in, you know, Texas and crazy Florida and shit like that. But when you have a newspaper, it's the town or it's the, the state. It's the town or the yeah. state, and you don't know you don't have any idea what's going on across the country. So no. you don't know what's going on, but you just know what's going on around your world. you. Yeah, and I think now just thinking about that is like maybe it's less stressful. It should go back to her. I mean, it never will. No, but I agree with you. I feel like the world has gotten crazier. Yeah, but the world has always been crazy. Right. But when you couldn't know, see, 
bec- the world has gotten smaller with this internet. So yeah. now what happens in California somehow feels like it can happen to you now that you know. Mm-hmm. So when you hear about a, 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 a serial killer in California and you live in Boston, yeah. it makes you feel like, well, there could be a serial killer in Boston. Yeah. But if there's no serial killer news in Boston, you're not thinking about serial killers. Exactly. You yeah. know? So yeah. Yeah, every it's like everybody treats the world's problems. It all comes here. Yeah, it's it's all wherever you are. Everything could be you. It could be you next. I just think it adds a level, a different level of stress because when you're like, okay, I live in this town and I and I can see what's going on, you know, around the corner, whatever. Yeah, but when you can see what's going on across the country and stuff like that, it's now it's like, oh, now I I I I not only need to be worried about a robbery that happened down the street, Mm -hmm. but now I got to worry about the serial killer that's a couple states over yeah. or whatever. That's just or that's people more stress or people in fucking Kansas City worried about the border. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the border. I get it as a country, but it doesn't affect you. Like yeah. if if you weren't hearing stories about uh, cartel crime and things like that in Texas, yeah, you in Kansas City as a person, it wouldn't you you wouldn't be concerned like that could come here. It's not going to come there. Yeah. But because you can see it, it exactly. feels like it's in your back backyard yeah. too. Yeah. Because I hear my grandma saying, "No, oh, it's getting worse, getting crazy." It's like, yeah, I mean, things are you know you could say it's getting worse, but it's like it's, stuff has always been crazy. It's like now you you're able to see more more stuff. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, oh man, it's you know shit is getting what's next getting crazy out here. Yeah. It's like. No, it's just been always been going on. It's yeah. always been people killing people. Mm-hmm. Just, you just didn't know. Exactly. You just didn't know this many was happening. Yeah. Yeah, so in the old newspaper, um, they said that Barr took belongings but didn't take any cash for one of the victims. But I think he only, he probably I, probably didn't find cash. Probably, sure. Probably just was able just to take whatever he can get. Probably in a hurry. Just whatever you see, grab. Yeah. So like if he had a chance to cash, I'm sure he probably, he sure he would. If it was about a robbery. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, he wanted to live a lavish life. Oh, so he liked to have n- nice things, is what you're saying? He needed money. Oh, he also needed more money. I, I want to buy. I want. Yeah, I want. I need nice things, and jewelry, mm. and stuff like that. But it's like for me to live this lavish life. Yes. I also need to have money. Yeah. So they said the they know the defender used his 25 caliber pistol in both attacks, and the fact that he had uh, stolen valuables from his victims. The, the detectives were uh, working on the case, focused on tracking down those items. Nothing substantial emerged until July 1924. When uh, Detective Sergeant John Long noticed that a local pawnbroker was selling a watch similar to the one lifted from Tucker's body. Mm. After examining the watch and questioning the pawnbroker, authorities learned that it had been pawned by Luda Barr, who was his wife. Yes. The wife of the chauffeur, currently employed by prominent Memphis politician E.H. Crump. In the span of days, authorities interrogated both her and Charles, in addition to searching their property, succeeding in finding the murder weapon in the trunk of Barr's car, mm. faced with mounting evidence, Barr admitted his guilt to the detectives in a written letter that he was solely responsible for all three slayings. The prosecutors announced that they would seek a death penalty for Barr, mm. who refused to hire an attorney. As a result, public defenders Grover McCormick and his assistant, Flory Creasy, were hired to represent him. While the trial was going on, it was suggested by some media outlets that Barr might have been responsible for two similar attacks that had occurred in Memphis, in the Memphis area. The October 27, 1922 attack on policeman Aubrey Thomas and his date, Zelda Foster. Now, that probably was in the same area. Yeah. Now, this, because this looks like 
That's his MO. Yeah. Right. In which the former was killed and the latter survived. And the January 1923 attack on DeWitt Sink and his fiance Thelma Cunningham, in which Cunningham was severely wounded and had to be treated in the hospital for several weeks. However, Barr himself denied culpability in these crimes, and no evidence proved him guilty in either case. Mm. So, so these happen at yeah. these happen at Lovers Lane. It's like try to throw these on them too. Try to throw them. I mean, he could have. He could. He could have done it. They just couldn't make a stick. Could have done it. Yeah. So I mean, like. They had no evidence. I'm not ruling them out, but they, they didn't have enough evidence to make a stick. Right. In relation to the cases he was charged with, Lord Johnson, who was brought in to testify on behalf of the prosecution, that was the one that survived, mm-hmm. positively identified a wristwatch found in the bar household as the one her attacker had looted off of Spencer's corpse. Mm. I mean, like, he kept. The value was crazy. Which he, you know, he pawns, because that's I what I was at. That's where I thought you were going to earlier oh. when you said he didn't take the cash. I thought I was like, he oh a watch. I'll wear the watch because I want to look yeah. like I have some money. Yeah, I'll wear the ring. I want to look like I have. Maybe it depends on what it was. Yeah, because sometimes well, some of the stuff he yeah, yeah. pawn some to keep. But I'm but I thought I'm thinking also was like well I mean like obviously if you can't find cash you got to find you take something right that looks like, like it looks like it has some value yeah. To like flip it or or whatever again, or keep it because it looks look, nice. To look lavish, yeah, right? yeah, man. I don't. I thought he was just trying to make this money so he can go buy him, you know, nice car. No, that that podcast million dollars worth of game with uh, Gilly the Kid yeah. and his uh, cousin Wallow. Yeah, oh, that's his cousin. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a story where him and Gilly the Kid used to like rob people, and yeah. he robbed a guy for a chain. And instead of and Gilly the Kid was like, "We should go steal the chain." He's like, "No, man, I want to keep the chain." And then he, some guy, robbed him for that chain. Wow. Like the next week, wow. you know. So it's like sometimes people steal stuff and they go, "I want to keep it. This is cool. I that's like great. this." And then he got somebody robbed. Walk him. around with it. I mean, that's bold. Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's nice enough to steal. You should know you stole it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you really got to be prepared to, yeah. you know. So Barr was only tried for killing Spencer. The trial was adjourned on on October twenty third due to the fact that Justice J. Ed Richards fell ill. As it resumed, the defense contended that Barr's confession should not be considered credible as it was allegedly obtained under duress. A claim denied by the police department. On October 28th, Barr was found guilty for first-degree murder, and on November 6th, he was sentenced to death. Mm. He subsequently appealed his sentence to the Tennessee Supreme Court and, and, and the Supreme Court of the United States and, and to the governor, Austin, Austin P to commute his sentence all of which were rejected. As a result, on August 20th, 1926, he was executed by electric chair, electric chair which is still crazy for me. I know this is 19 or 1900, but yeah. like, it's still crazy to wild. hear. That was a, a form that of was killing. A form yeah. of killism. Yeah. It's just wild to me. Um, he, was a, he was executed by electric chair at the Tennessee State Prison. At the time, he was the 24th convict to have been executed in this manner since the state transitioned from previous method of hanging. Ooh, which is I still about that one too. Yeah, yeah. We're not just gonna hang. We're just gonna fry you, fry you up. Which is great. Then you, then we do a story. Did somebody do a story like they survived, or did I just read that somewhere? We did a story where a guy he didn't survive, but it took a it long took a long time. time. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So that was the the story of Charles Barr, who was a guy just trying to 
Live a lavish. That was it. I mean, he was a piece of shit. He was he robbing. He was a piece of shit. But he was robbing people I mean, while like, they're necking. You got your girl out. He was you trying know. to live his lavish life. That was. But I mean, like more stories that we've done, where it's like all these people fucking nuts and crazy yeah. and piece of shit. They just had a sick. This dude is sick too. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah. But it, it was just as simple as I was looking to rob people. I was just looking. I to need. Rob I people. wanted. I wanted more. I wanted more. Yeah, and that's the story of a lot of people. A lot of things. Uh, I mean, those people still exist, of course. I mean, you know, violence, you know, robbery and stuff is how I'm seeing a lot of people just going in doing strong arm robbery, seeing videos of that. That's crazy. People just pulling just up, walk just in? stealing just right out, right out of the store. But um, another form of that is people fronting. You know, yeah. that's the world we live in today. Yeah, that that is more relatable in the world that we live in, and just people we see and that we know, and not a criminal lifestyle. Just seeing people that we know. And again, sometimes this can get caught up for hating. That's why I never would address it or speak about it in a, like a to a person's face or to yeah. other people. Yeah. Is that like I just know you don't have it like that. Yeah. So I, but it feels good that endorphins. The endorphins still come when people go killing it, man. Okay, I see your watch. But that's you, I, I feel like that's everybody now. Yeah. Especially younger generations. For sure. Fake it till you make it. The social. But media the make it part like, is like on the back burner. You're like, I don't even never have to make it. I'm cool with just faking it. Yeah, fake it to you. Fake it to you. Make it used to have a different meaning for me, where I, I could empathize with it because we knew people that were I, we we used to know people that yeah. were, were faking it till they make it. Yeah, but eventually something happened in this generation, social media or something in our generation too. But something happened in social media where you go, oh, you can just fake it, and the girls come and the parties come and, and they let you in the section and whatever. Yeah, just just because of the. The, pres- the presumption of who you are. Yeah. You never have to put any backing behind it in today's society. No. I mean, I guess at some point you get found out like, oh, you don't really have it like that. But you can have a lot of fun and go a long way faking it yeah. in today's society. Yeah, man. Insta gratification is like, yeah. it's just, it's big for a lot of people. Yeah. Which is scary. But it's like, better than run, sneaking up on people and shooting them in their car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I mean, like, it's okay to work for it. It's, yeah. It's fine. And my whole thing, faking it till you fake it till you make it. To me, fake it till you make it means you put on and you, you spend a little bit more money on a nice suit to go to a party that you know you can network at and you have your confidence. Yes. And it go you go a level up. There's still process. There's still some There's time. work to do. Yes. Yes. Not just like, oh, put on the suit, pretend you already are the millionaire yeah. and just go to the party and have a good time. And then leave the party. And yeah. don't talk to anybody. That's don't talk to anybody that's gonna help you get to where you get, just talk to pretty girls and buy shots and then leave. Yeah. That's today. That's society today. It's like, just put on the suit and pretend you already made it. Don't put on the suit, get it, get through the door and then try to make a connection that could take you to that next level. Yeah. The next level is like, Oh, I don't never have to get to any level. I'll just pretend I'm already there. Yeah. So, you know, I hope that, you know, people learn that it's okay to work hard and, you know, and just live an okay life. Everybody wants to be, a celebrity and famous and like the idea of killing somebody and taking their jewelry and then just pretending that you worked hard to earn the jewelry and having the confidence to walk around publicly with the jewelry that. on. That's crazy. Like, you know, you killed people for yeah. this. Jewelry. You don't think it's identical. You don't think people buy jewelry cause it's like unique and identifiable and one of a kind. And you're wearing those things. You don't yeah. think it's a chance somebody could catch a glimpse of your ring or your watch and go, yeah. that's my brother's watch. He was killed and somebody stole it. Yeah, man. So, yeah, he was a guy that wanted more, but he was also a sick fuck for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah big, yeah, big time. Sure. Man. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, frying somebody up is absolutely bananas. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, man. They shock you and they burn like because electricity burns you. Yeah, I know a guy. Um, I have a cousin, not and a it's close not cousin at all. It's like 
No. That's brutal. Yeah. That was the one we talked. We did. What, what you're remembering is they did stop. And when they stopped, he was still alive. Okay. So they had to keep going. So was like they did. It was a kid. No, that was that was different. That's, that was a that's different, somebody else. That okay. was um George Stinney, like a young kid. George Stinney Jr. George Stinney Jr. Okay. But another guy we did a story. We did a story where he he just kept being alive. They so they had to work. keep flipping the switch. It took that's him. A, it took a couple of tries. Yeah. But yeah, no. It, I had I have a cousin, distant cousin. I don't really know him that well, but he used to steal copper, and he got electrocuted by oh. the power lines. Now that's a that's not what they're using. The, they were they what they were using to. Um, execute people yeah. that it wasn't that high of a voltage but like his injuries are severe burns like electricity mm. burns you yeah so you're really cooking these people's brains like you're burning their skin like it's it's it was it's that's a dark that's a dark way to do that i mean i think all of it's dark i'm not a uh, you know i'm anti uh death penalty but frying somebody up is absolutely well, hanging wild. is just worse hanging is all of it it's just so barbaric and i think that you know we've tricked ourselves into going well you know you take this take that they go to sleep and so it's not as bad but you know it's killing it's is killing but i guess yeah, i'd rather that than be fried up and or hung, hung jesus yeah. christ yeah but yeah great story man that yeah was, man that's charles bar um if you want nicer things in life just work for it. yeah just go work just you just know free. but oh, hey racism though like how hard could this guy work to actually oh, no we've done yeah. we've done stories where we but then man I'm, depre- I'm gonna depress myself. Yeah. We've done stories where dudes did do the hard work, and jealous ass people felt like this black man shouldn't have more than I'd have. Yeah, and they yeah. came and killed. I keep, you know what I keep so. seeing on my timeline is the Muskegee. Uh, I think it's I think it's the is it Muskegee. Is that what it's called? The town that burned down. It was like oh Tuskegee. Tuskegee. Tuskegee yeah, the, yeah, 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 I keep, yeah. That keep popping mm-hmm. up on my timeline. It's Black History Month. And people I, tend yeah, to learn I, learn that but again. I, but I, when I say go, oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, Black Wall Street flourishing black. Mm-hmm. Community business and it's like it was just like well I've it's all gone nested. I firmly disagree with this line of logic, but I have heard like you know, um, Pan Africanist speakers and stuff say that black people did, thrived no better in this country than when they the headline grabbing controversial statement is integration is what killed Black America, right? The idea that when we went okay, well we can go to white doctors and white uh, grocery stores and this and that and, and everybody we go away from ourselves it killed the black dollar because when you look at an example of like a black wall street or something mm-hmm. they were all going to the same black dentist and the black grocery store owner so the the black dollar stayed in the community but what other choice do you have when it's all gone though that's true it was like well if you get too successful we're going to come burn it down so you got to come get your bread from this white bakery yeah. That's true. That's a good point. But I, I like the, the era that we're in now where, you know, I'm very much into like buy black and go support a black business. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes people don't like that wording, but you need to know the history of this country to not just sometimes people get into like just wanting to argue to argue and reverse racism. And they go, what if I said support a white business? Like, well, there's nobody trying to hinder you from being a white business. Yeah. Right. So historically, black businesses have been hindered in this country. So. It's okay to go, hey, man, if you're going to go buy some toothpaste, maybe go try to buy a toothpaste from a black-owned uh, toothpaste person. Like, why not try to big up and, and help somebody prop come up in life? Colgate wasn't always Colgate. We just know him now. Yeah. You know, you don't have a problem buying Colgate, but yeah. he wasn't always the big dog on the block. So what's the problem with making a, a black-owned toothpaste company the next Colgate? Why, why is that bad? You know, and then let that money trickle down and maybe they build a school and help out the, you know, help out the black community. So that's why I feel like, you know, uh, movements and stuff that involve 
um, circulating the black dollar in, in, into black owned businesses more is good because it's not looked at as a negative when other people do it. Yeah. You know, in Maryland, you know, there's an area called Pikesville. It's like all like Jewish people live there and they have their synagogues and their businesses and they're circulating the Jewish dollar. And that's, and that's great. And I think that that's, there's nothing wrong with that happening for black people either. I think it's good. I'm not saying it's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with it. Or, or any, any kind of way, but I heard, a, I saw like, um, a comment or something or somewhere on the internet where it was like, well, what if I said buy white? Yeah. And so, you know, it's just annoying. So I feel like people should know the context of, Oh yeah. Well, have you ever, it's like the all, all lives matter type of rebuttal. Exactly. And also just for clarification, because my brain's everywhere. Tuskegee were airmen. We're thinking of, we're thinking of, we're thinking of Tulsa, Oklahoma. My brain, it it connected the dots. (laughs) We're thinking of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's black history month, friends. Cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're going to educate each other. I said the wrong thing. Yeah. You you said Muskegee and and I went Tuskegee. (laughs) Because that is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma is where Black Wall Street was. And I just wanted to clear That's that hilarious. up. I want, That's save funny. your emails. Um, but yeah, a places like Black Wall Street that were burned down, people need to know the context and the history of that. Hey, learn, it, learn the history of Tuskegee. Yeah, Tuskegee. guys, learn the history. Of, you guys have never even heard of Muskegee. Why don't you yeah. go learn some shit? Read what a fucking book. What is Muskegee? Where did I get that from? Pff, maybe, maybe it's a city or something. I don't know. I don't think anything... Of black importance or history happened in Muskegee. It rhymed. Maybe that's why. It did. It did. It rhymed and it was wrong. <laughs> but yeah, sure. It, it had, yeah. I, hey, man. I get. I know how you got there even if you don't. Yeah. T, T, then yeah. Muskegee. So, I, no, you got it. I was close. Yeah, but no. So I just like to tell people to learn the history of things before you just go, well, what if I said this about that? Wouldn't that be? That's, that'd be called racist. Just, you know, this is why you should not be taking history out of school. And letting people just make up what happened in this country. You need to know what really happened. Like, you know, history and what happened, the black experience in this country is important to know so that you're not just going around sounding like an asshat and being like, that's reverse racism. Like, no, no, there's a history to these things. Anyway, friend, again, fantastic story. What we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes uh, before we get up out of here. That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes to enter your bloodstream and just get you going like a hot cup of joe. Um, Fran, uh, you know, we love to do good vibes here. And um, we have yet to have that beautiful moment happen that I've described a few weeks ago about announcing or talking about a good vibe story where somebody saves a drowning person or something. And they are, in fact, an affirminator, a listener of this podcast. But I'm not holding I'm not going to stop believing ever and i think that that could happen someday so i'll just will continue to put the message out there to people like hey man go out there and help somebody you know do a, do a good deed don't do it for for publicity or anything like that i'm just saying just do it to do it and maybe someday you will you know end up a good vibe story for thousands of people to listen to yeah anyway friend you want you want to kick yeah, this off yeah uh, my good vibe this week is um the Heinz is looking for a man who survived a like month. the ketchup yes for a month at sea eating only ketchup. Oh, yeah. Hey man, it has all the nutrients and everything I do. No, for sure. Yeah. I'll bust some ketchup down if for I sure. have to. Okay, you gotta eat slow though. Two weeks? Oh, yeah. You could just- a month? I'm sorry. A month? Oh, God. Yeah. With no, it's a condiment. Like, yeah. you just the cut ketchup straight up. Guess, ketchup. Yeah. Oh. So, spotting an opportunity to change someone's life and nab some pretty stunning publicity in the process, Heinz is looking to get in contact with a Dominican sailor. 
who survived for weeks at sea with just a bottle of ketchup. One bottle. Oh. I thought he had like a supply. No. So what? he's just doing like a slip. Yeah. A dollop, uh, a dollop a day. Yeah. So the company wants to give the man a new boat with state of the art navigation system <laughs> as to avoid any That's further shady. <laughs> That's shady. Don't get lost in of this type. Yeah. Hey man. Get a GPS. Where are you going? Elvis was out on his boat off the coast of, of St. Martin when the weather turned and started carrying him out into the open in the open ocean, which I know was probably terrifying. Mm. I tried to go back to port. But I lost track because it took me a while to mount the sail and fix the sail, he said. I called my friends, my co-workers. They tried to contact me, but they lost service. Mm. There was nothing else I could do than sit down and wait. And then you just don't know what direct. When you're out in the middle like that, yeah. nothing in any direction. Well, how do you know what direction to even start swimming towards? Yeah, man. Ugh. Uh, they got some pictures of him um, on the boat he was on and like getting, getting checked up and stuff like that. Uh, so he was rescued by the Colombian Navy, who brought him back to um, Cartagena for a medical examination that found he was in good health. Hines has put out a digital message in a bottle to try and contact Alvis, to whom they would like to gift a new boat equipped with full navigational technology to avoid any other disasters. Send him an email. Um, that was from the, comp- uh, the company told CBS News. Uh, they got this is what help help us find the ketchup boat. Find, send him an email. Like they can't find him. <laughs> you mean send him an email? You send him an email. They can't find. Send him a message in a bottle. You guys are Heinz, the Heinz. It's a digital message on social media. All right. Oh, like a hashtag. That was what the hashtag. It was, was an for. Instagram post. Okay. Somebody. He's somebody's got a. Yeah. I'm sure. I hope they found him by now. Then send him an email. Because you said they were going to put a message hey man, in the bottle. Don't my good vibes. Man. No, you said they were going to put a message in the bottle. I thought that's what, like that's all they did. Like we've hey we've put a message in the bottle. Oh man. That's the p- campaign. Yes. It's like a picture. Yes. Got it. Because it's, it's, it's bottle. the bottle that he's. Come on, man. You smarter than yeah, that. It's a double entendre. <laughs> It's like picking cotton. Yeah, it's like picking cotton. Uh, So, 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 uh, my story, my good vibe story is about a child who died on the operating table for three hours, and doctors continued to give him CPR, and he had no pulse, and they didn't give up until life returned into this toddler. Quick question: Do you have you have a organ donor on your license? Yes, you do. I do too. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know. Hey, if I'm gone, you think it's true though? If you're gone, like they don't. Ooh. You get into conspiracy talk? Do I think it goes to like a sick kid that really needs it or whatever? I don't know. No, I'm talking. I think it goes to like like the richest. Oh, flatline! If you're flatline, that's it. They're not trying to. Like they did with this kid. This kid died and they did CPR. Oh, you're saying if you're an organ donor, do they not try to resuscitate you? Yeah. Is that no? That's a different thing. You can put a a DNR on your. I don't know if it's on your license, but you can have it in your file. I thought it's the same thing. No, organ donor just means if you're dead, then they have. You got to harvest you quickly. What I thought was if was, you're if you're an organ donor, they won't bring you, but they won't even try to bring you back. They, they just go straight for the organs. Yeah, keep them fresh. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's different. I think do not resuscitate is different than organ donor. If you're dead and you're not coming back, then they got to get those organs out. But if you that. have do do not resuscitate on your, um, I don't know if it's on your license, but whatever. If you have, do not resuscitate on something, then they will not try to even give you CPR. I've seen that in the hospital. I don't think it's on your license. I thought when you have the organ donor on your license. They just won't even try to bring you back. Especially black people. Oh, see, now, see, that I thought you, now you're going back to conspiracy. Black people. Yeah. They're like, oh, if he dies, I keep him fresh. Mm -hmm. Get those organs out. Take him out. Yeah, you watch Get Out too many times. Wink, because I kind of agree. But no, man, that's crazy. You're talking crazy conspiracy talk. That's crazy. Wink. You know, yeah, that's crazy. You know, black people, organs don't go for more on the black market. 
That's crazy talk. I was waiting for the wing. His wing. I didn't. I didn't say it that time. That's a private one between me and you. Anyway, when three-year-old Waylon Saunders arrived at the hospital, he was already legally dead and had been for a while. Uh, he was found face down in an icy backyard swimming pool, and the Ontario toddler's body temperature was so low that paramedics' thermometers couldn't get a reading, and he had no pulse. Wow. Nevertheless, a team at Charlotte Eleanor Englehart Hospital in Petrolia, Ontario, performed CPR for three hours without stopping while simultaneously using other method methods to warm his frozen body. Oh, Jesus. So, but what is it that keeps them, like, if, if there's no pulse? Yeah, he was dead. What, what signs do they, they have to know something was like, we have, just keep trying. What no, is I it? think they just didn't want to lose his time. I think they just didn't want to, because he's dead. That's he's crazy. frozen. He's cold and dead. And they just didn't give up. I really commend them because he's he his temperature was so cold his body was so cold they couldn't get a temperature maybe they couldn't feel his maybe they couldn't feel his Ooh, maybe he wasn't frozen. yeah maybe he wasn't dead maybe his heart was just so slow because he was so cold yeah hey maybe maybe that's what they thought like maybe we got if we warm his body up he'll be more receptive to being resuscitated we'll be honest what do you mean my story don't try I don't know we don't know that we just made that up <laughs> well don't lie for a good story that's not we don't even know <laughs> you're so jaded man so anyway so, so so there's a <laughs> there's a classic scene you can you can watch in many different films and TV from Grey's Anatomy to Casino Royale it's a good show where, Grey's Anatomy yeah. it's been on for like 30 years yeah. uh, where CPR is attempted and after a minute the person whether Grey or James Bond stops is pulled away from the pump from the uh, pulled away from pounding on a patient's chest unwilling to accept that they are no longer revived they're like let me go they're like it's call it it's one of those things fortunately for Waylon, they didn't stop and after three hours of, of compressing his chest to to artificially pump blood to his brain and other organs Waylon's heart was restarted and kept and and kept on keeping on um they had a cycle of people providing cpr in petrolia they had people warming his warming him with many different techniques this is according to dr janice uh, Tis Tissen, the director of the pediatric critical care unit at the Children's Hospital, uh, London Health Science, uh, London H Health Science Center in Ontario, where Waylon was rushed to after his heart restarted. Uh, there was a big team helping him then. There was a big team team helping him then, keeping him comfortable as his organs started to heal, then allowing him to wake up. He's exceeded all expectations. Being dead for three hours, also, I'm, like, I'm really interested in like how, how brain function. This is yeah. Because that's a long time for your brain to be unresponsive. In 2020, European Championships Danish footballer Christian Eriksen collapsed from cardiac arrest on the pitch, shocking the crowd at to a hush. Denmark's captain, Simon Kager, recognized what was happening, secured his teammate's neck uh, to make sure that he wasn't swallowing his tongue and began, and began performing CPR while the paramedics arrived, who then carried on for 15 minutes before Erickson could be moved, could be removed from the pitch. Erickson's heart was stopped for 78 minutes in total. If one didn't know anything about CPR, someone watching the game or watching little Waylon be rushed into the hospital might have been certain that they were never going to wake up. Movies and TVs either show CPR working after less than a minute or never working. But in reality, CPR can revive people who have had their heart stopped for ten minutes for tens of minutes. Yeah, three hours. They said. Hmm. Waylon's mother, Gillian Burnett, said that the said the team holds a piece of her heart for all the time for their determined and for all their determination. 
CPR is not a complicated procedure and can be learned and practiced in simple courses, often offered by local schools and firehouses. It's possible that uh, Kajer saved Erickson's life by starting CPR so early. And it's also possible that you could save someone's life too if you're the only one who knows how to perform it. So that's just a little lesson out there for people. Get CPR, CPR certified, you know? You never know when it could come in handy. You could save a life. So shout out to this kid and, you know, that shout out to that team for never giving up because they saved a life, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, also, um, shout out to The Fray for a great song, How to Save a Life. One of my favorites. Okay. So I just want to throw it in there. How Thanks. to say it? It's reminded me of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, friend, before we get out of here, any recommendations, anything interesting um, you've been checking out? I'm not watching anything new. I'm waiting for new the episode last of, of Us. Last of uh, Us. Yes, I'm waiting for that tonight. Um, oh, I, f- I came across this TikTok account mm-hmm. called the, uh, these two dudes called, it's called the Soul Mediators. Oh, what do they do? So they go and clean up crime scenes. Oh, interesting. Gruesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the one that the one that uh came across my um feed was hoarder. Man, he died in the it house. Was a, no, no, this oh. was just a hoarder. This was, oh. They, oh, they clean ones. up. They just sometimes just yeah, clean yeah, up houses. Yeah, and this one was a hoarder. I mean, mountains of like Chick Fil A, mm. Chick Fil A stuff. Yeah, I was like, like packets. Wow. Sauce. But then I was like, okay, let me go to the thing. Man, crazy. They tell you it's like it's like one of the pages was like you can't see it, so you got to click it. Because like trigger warning or something. Yeah. Because it's too gruesome. Wow, man. Yeah. Oh, man. That's oh, crazy. Send me some of those, please. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes, man. Um, yeah, I too have not uh, watched anything new. Really, right now, what's been taking up my time is is uh, I vacillate between Drag Race and The Last of Us. Uh, the Last of Us really took things up a notch again this past episode. Did you watch the most recent one? Yeah. Okay. Caught up. Man. Yeah. His brother's now introduced. He found his brother. Fantastic. And now the stakes are higher than ever how that episode ended. I was upset. Oh, I was upset by that episode. I don't know what's going to happen, though, because I didn't play the game. So I don't really know if, you know, how that how that's going to play out. But I'm really excited for the next episode. Yeah. Because the stakes, the stakes just went to a new level, you know. So, again, the show, man, is just it's really fucking good. Because when you think about it. It's if you never played the game, it's marketed. It it is marketed kind of as this post-apocalyptic zombie show. Yeah. But last episode. No zombies, no. no really even violence. It was more just so conflict and. But it's so good that you forget though. It's the acting, the situations, the emotion. Yeah, everything else is so good that you're like, I don't need because sometimes, like The Walking Dead, I really think The Walking Dead walked so this show could run, and The Walking Dead, what they did for a lot of years, and they had to do was. Even in those episodes where things are going to slow down a little bit, somebody's got to get bitten by a zombie. There's got to be 50 zombies come through a wall. Yeah. Something's got, we got to wake people up. This show is like, no, no, we're going to sit in the silence and the apocalypse of it all. Like community, what are people doing to eat, surviving, cold, alone, that part. Silent in the woods. Walking Dead? Oh my God, like 11. And they're doing like five spinoffs. You know where I, you know where I stopped? Where? I stopped. The last thing I remember about The Walking Dead. Please. Was, was it so dumb that you quit or just it just... No, it just, wasn't interesting I just, enough. I just, okay. I just, it wasn't dumb. I, mm. It was. I liked the show. I just didn't finish. So I don't know what came first. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A describe two. Mm-hmm. One whereas they was in a prison. Show sure, that's really early. And it was like a, they was. They had a gate or something like that. Mm-hmm. The other one was the black lady had a two zombies on the chains. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, that you're probably that's like season five. I got that far. Yeah, I mean season season four or five. That's the last thing I watched. Yeah, season four or five. The prison, maybe even season three. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it went seven more seasons. Lady with two chains of zombies. Badass. Nuts. Michonne. And she becomes- And no arms? And I said, what the hell? She becomes a fan favorite. Yeah. 
And she's one of the biggest stars in the world right now because she was um the guard in Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but fantastic. But, yeah, Walking Dead for me, I checked out after there was a guy that comes and he used to work at a zoo and he kept the tiger alive through the whole, all of the show. So, like, you meet him and he's like, oh, I have a tiger. Yeah. And you go, there's people that can't feed children yeah. in this show. Like, children, you assume children, you see people starving in this show and you're like, you kept a tiger healthy yeah. and alive and trained. It attacks on command. When does the guy die? The father. He, he, he spoiler alert, he doesn't. Oh, the son, the son does die. Okay, I would have been I, spoiler alert for the I, show that's I, been on for a decade. Sorry, if I'd have kept watching, I, that's why I was. That's my boy, Carl. I almost checked out, young Carl. I almost checked out when uh, when he was dating his mom, but you know, oh, uh, I, the other guy, you no, know, I don't like the type of shit. Yeah, no, I don't fuck with that. That's why that was why I, I had know. a hard time. This is very sexist, but it is. Like, that's why, I, that's why, I shameless. No, 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 oh. that's why I, I stopped watching uh, what's the bike show. Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. That was like oh. that was like episode two. Oh, when he what happened? Done. He was dating the guy died and he dated Oh, the, he dated his girl his girl? Yeah. Oh his okay. wife. Yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> I don't I'm out of here. I don't like that disrespect. <laughs> that disloyalty. I don't, I'm, I'm not don't disrespect the house like, like this. Like but yeah, no. Um that's how I felt about Shameless. I always felt like I was like I like Jimmy. You know, yeah. Fiona was doing her thing, which she has every right to do. She can have sex with whoever she wants yeah. to. But I would keep, it's too repetitive. That's I kept I like. seeing her get new boyfriends. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you, you and Jimmy are a thing. Yeah. I don't want. I like that. I don't yeah. want to. I don't like these new people. Yeah. That's like just a dumb thing. I get me. that. Yeah. But yeah, when Shane was having sex with Carl's mom, yeah, man. That's when I was like, damn. Then you know Rick's alive and he's yeah. looking for his family. And it's, yeah, it's, it's it's cold world out there. Cold world. Yeah, but no. But again, Last of Us, big. F- oh, I really, friend. I'm really going to go out on a limb on a show that has five or six episodes of television so yeah. far. And I think it might be one of the best shows on television ever. Yeah. Like, I think it could, go, it could be up there with breaking bad. Like when it's all said and done, I think it could be up there with breaking bad and game of thrones. As long as they don't do nothing stupid. Don't, don't go to, don't like try to milk it too much. Yeah. Just, it seems like, again, I didn't play the game, but from what everybody tells me, if you can, for the most part, stick to the source material. Yeah. You're gonna have a good show, yeah. Because apparently the game, the game is, is that yes. beautiful and yes. sad and it great. Is. So just a couple of little tweaks, which they do, you know, like they take this character, expand him out a little bit, or make this kid like. Um, I, I think in the game, the brother from the last episode, the two brothers, the black brothers, the brother wasn't deaf, mm-hmm. but like you add that and it it makes it it's cooler. It yeah. gives it a little bit more intimacy and personality to go. Let's give the, let's make this kid deaf. So just little tweaks like that. As long as they don't try to go, we need to, something more drastic that's not in the game. Don't do that. Keep it simple and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to start a Last of Us Companion podcast, and we might need to talk about this week to week. Yeah, man, it's it's a. I'm happy I'm keeping up with because I, I like I said I played the game. I didn't play the whole game. Uh huh. But, but you played it. enough that you I, know I, when I people it. when people say it's a great game, you agree. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My favorite game ever. Oh and wow. Like, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is. It's like putting this thing now. I I like the weekly. Episode release. Yes. But when you finish. It's, th- I miss that feeling like, though. God damn it. That's what I was telling you about when I can't remember. I, I don't know if it was WandaVision or one of those Disney Plus shows that started doing weekly releases again. Yeah. And I was like, I miss the, ooh, no, give me 10 more minutes. Yeah. Give me just, what's next? Oh, come yeah. on. I like that. Like, come on. Like you got to wait a week. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I, I like it. It still, I, it still I, pisses me off. It pisses me off, but it's I like good. how it pisses me off. Yeah. Because we were getting too, we getting too. It's, it's, it's too indulgent You just yeah. get to watch All the shit and I think that's why Okay Something I did Start watching I watched the first episode Of the new season of You 
I didn't watch it yet. I didn't start watching it yet. It's good. It is. But like, it doesn't feel like it hit as hard. I don't. Because I, I you can watch it all in one day and it kind of just comes and goes. I don't see people talking about it like that you did two seasons just, ago. Because season two, I think season two was it for me. It can't top it. You can't top season one. Ooh, yeah, true. So now for you, is it kind of repetitive, like shameless? Because it's like, what else? I mean, like, we get it. Yeah. It's kind of repetitive, like yes, shameless. But it's like, so what else? It's, oh, new girl. You gotta give I like you now. Else. Yeah, it's like this right. season is kind of the same, but like, there's more twists. It's a little more complicated, at least so far from what I'm seeing. But at the end of the day, it's like I like a person. I'm gonna stalk the person. It goes bad, and then I fix it. It's okay, but it's okay to end stuff. It's okay. To I think like, this is the last season. Yeah, but I mean, like after. Oh, you think it could have ended at season two? Season. Could like oh, this. Yeah. It's okay. It's but okay. I know people like ah. But yeah. And again, this, I'm gonna end it on this. I don't want to get dr- I don't want to yeah. drone on, but like you know the history of of you, right? What do you mean? Like it was a lifetime show. No, it I was no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a lifetime show. It was too sexual and too dark for a lifetime, so they canceled it. Oh shit! And then Netflix just for lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, it's too sexy. Oh, Lifetime's okay. like you go you you kiss and then you go in the bedroom and close the door and then it's the next day. Oh, okay, yeah. You was like they fucking on you. Yeah, yeah. But so they canceled it. Netflix buys this first season of you just of content. It's yeah. a content game. We need something on. People need to watch stuff. They put it on Netflix, goes viral. That's crazy. And then they were like, well, shit, well, let's buy the whole thing. So they bought all the rights from like, they were like, we're going to buy all the rights from Lifetime and then start making the show. Mm-hmm. So it was only meant to just like for them to play the season, just to have some stuff on there. You know, yeah. they got shit on there that's been canceled and yeah, yeah. you can't even, the show, I've, I've started so many shows on Netflix and I'm like, wait, it's only two seasons? Yeah. And it's like, and, and it says season two, 2017. I'm like, oh, this, you're never getting this. No. Well, don't know how this ends. You was going to be like that. But then it went viral and they were like, fuck this, put money into it, made season two and then it became a hit and then it was a hit. That's all you need. Yeah. So it was never even really meant to be what it is. And, but then it did. And now, so they couldn't, they couldn't, uh, stop after season two because really season two was the only one that's theirs. Imagine being an actor and you go like, you go wait what? Yeah, <laughs> that shit that was canceled called you for season. Yeah, like shit. I I went back to trying to find jobs. Right. No, no. Guess what? Now you're the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. yeah no, that man. dude, his yeah. whole life changed. Absolutely. He was in stuff. I've seen him in stuff, but I'm saying like it, nothing like Not this. Like that, yeah. So he went from like being on a show that just got canceled after one season to now like he's on Time Magazine. No, his life flipped around crazy. Crazy, but yeah, no. The, the story of you, the show, how it got to become what it is, is, is it's kind of interesting a little bit. But anyway, with that being said, uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 